Oh, okay. Boy, I hope he's not too drunk or he'll have a little Hendrix. Right. He'll, he'll just drown in a bunch of liquefied dots. He's passed oh, out wait. on his back. Does it come back I as a ghost? As, oh, as Hendrix gin? Yeah, I, I hope he's not drunk because gin. he'll... Ah, <laughs> because, because I hope he didn't get so drunk before he went to bed that he decided to play a prank on himself by loading his apartment building standpipe with Hendrix gin and then setting a delayed reaction fire to trigger the sprinkler system. So that in his sleep, wow, he would. What? That is that... a complicated. That's a complicated. But that's obviously what Riff meant, right? Yeah, Riff, sure. Yeah, see, D- to Riff, the letter. Riff and, I, Riff and I are on the same page. What is wrong with you, Kevin? Okay. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And I'm this beer. <laughs> And it's time for episode number 242 of Video Games Hot Dog, the I, you know, that we're doing with this beer. Setting up an entire microphone just for that beer. It's weird, because he's not going to live very long. Right. I can tell you that from personal experience. <laughs> you don't you don't think of the beer that you imbibe as living within you? Oh, like I a guess spirit? I, I guess I do. I mean, I do, I do think that, like my dad's friend John Cartwright told me, uh, you don't buy beer, you rent it. Okay. He said that as he was getting up to go pee in the, in right. the bathroom of our trailer right. that we lived in. And so I in said, that way, you just don't buy any food. <laughs> I, sure. I bet that's something his dad's friend told him. Probably was when he was getting up to pee in the outhouse of a log cabin. I don't know. I assume a guy named Cartwright probably came from a long line of people who built carts. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Right. You're right. right. <laughs> uh, so I remember having a conversation with uh, an old man that I uh, a long time ago about what uh, what the base form of rot is like, what have I, what, ha, what hath God wrought? What have I wrought? And it's work. Rot is an archaic past tense form of the word work. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And right is one who works. So like a, like a cart worker. Huh. It's not do what, ha, wheel, what hath right. God Like what if he, done? like what have he made? Like created, like work doesn't like made. working. Like, it it like oh weird yeah but you don't write something right you are a something right but you don't w r i g h t nor do you w i g h t something unless you're a spooky undead <laughs> you can write a ship that has turned over in the sea <laughs> yeah but that's just r i g h t ing it yes. you have to hire a shipwright to do that oh but... right right, right. How you been, guys? It's really hot out suddenly. Wow, it is. Yeah, what's wrong with the city? It's happening in Oakland, too. Oh, so it's all the cities? I think so. What's happening in so, this hemisphere? Yeah. I don't... I'm. This, okay maybe I'm here. alone oh, here, nice. but like, ever since, like I don't know, late December, I feel like the days have been getting longer, and the temperature's been rising. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'm okay with this. It's weird though because San Francisco does not precisely follow that yeah. seasonal temperature schedule. It barely changes at all. Like it, it was. It'll be cold enough you need a blanket, and then too hot for you to even have a sheet on subsequent days. Right there, it's too hot to take a sheet. It's all sweaty. <laughs> Makes it. You slide right off the toilet. <laughs> 
Uh, All the ghosts are out of jobs. Do, do you guys have any affinity for the number 242 based on the industrial band Front 242? I do, in fact. A little bit. Excellent. No. Good. I cannot hear the number 242 without then saying to someone, hey, poor, hey, poor, yeah. hey, poor, you don't have to be poor anymore. <laughs> Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Because uh, that is the only Front 242 lyric that I can remember. So like, hey, poor, like speaking to poor people as a group. Hey, the poor. Yeah. Right. I think they're just sampling some, it seems like they're sampling some revival preacher or something. I don't know. I don't know that it was original. It seems like one of those Christianity is stupid sort of things. Hey, remember before this year when a lot of the members of Negative Land were still alive? Mm. I do remember that. Damn it. We're never going to get that Negative Land reunion until there's four more cancers or however many people there are left in Negative Land. So what you're, you're saying they're going to reunite in heaven? Mm-hmm. I see. What could heaven possibly be if not a Negative Land concert? Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I meant hell. <laughs> How many Beatles are alive? Just Paul and Ringo, right? Yes. Yeah. That's two. two. That's still a lot of Beatles. Is yeah, Stu Sutcliffe still alive? Pete Best. Yeah. Uh, I almost forgot that this thing happened, and as I was driving to the office today, I remembered I uh, this is this is the sort of level of excitement of uh, stories about me lately. I got this new house with a garage, which I had not had in San Francisco in a long time, but it had a lock, like a padlock, on the front of the garage door because it didn't have a garage door opener, so you you had to like manually open and close it, which meant there was a padlock on it. I recently replaced that padlock with a combination lock so that I could not have to take the keys out of the ignition of the car Mm. to get out and open the garage door and then restart the car to pull back in to the garage. And as a result of that, what happened yesterday is I stopped the car, opened the door, got out of the car, and as I was walking up to unlock the garage door, realized that I'd left the car in gear. (gasps) So it just... I noticed that it was idling forward. I like ran back around, leapt into the car, managed to hit the brake instead of the gas, which was which was pretty happy. Just as the car just like full on hit the garage door, to the point where it like flexed in maybe a foot past. Wow, uh, foot! And I was like, "Well, fuck that!" Like that little bit of idiocy and not putting the car in park just cost me probably a thousand dollars. And I backed the car up and it was fine. Like everything was fine. Car was fine. Garage door was fine. I have no idea how that managed to not just like completely ruin. Well, it's, it's it didn't rip the country. They house. built things to bend. It didn't rip the the um, nope padlock. Just the, the whole thing just flexed. What? It was crazy. I don't get it. It's all just wood. It was a really old garage door too. I guess they don't make them like they used to. That out of rubber. Padlock <laughs> is particularly insecure that you have well, a, a combination lock because when you put the right combination in it audibly like clicks to let you know that you put the right combination in. well but there's only 10,000 possibilities just, there's, there are 10,000 possibilities I would argue counterpoint there are only 10,000 possibilities with most locks you have to like it doesn't make any kind of audible confirmation and so you have to you'd have to try each one with this one you could just you, you just roll it until you get to the one that so is this one of those months. four digit yeah with little yeah. roller wheels yeah I remember doing the math um, and seeing, determining that a three-digit one would take 20 minutes if you took one second per attempt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
10 it would be 10 times that 200 minutes 200 minutes yeah you know you know what else you could do in 200 minutes is you could go down to your local hardware store and get a set of bolt cuts <laughs> so if like, you were get a job <laughs> <laughs> yeah you could get a job and just earn the money to buy whatever it was that you were going to steal from me yeah like locks, the kingdom of loathing source code locks only which i keep in i just keep in a in a bucket in my garage, in garage yeah. <laughs> I, uh, and just ladle some out whenever we need it <laughs> i went to i went over to your house while you were out of town this past weekend to feed your cat yes hang, thank you hang very out much. With your cat uh and the way i got into your house was through your garage and opened the garage and then was just immediately assaulted by a ton of mail falling on me <laughs> yeah so the the I don't understand how normal people in the neighborhood do this. If you look all up and down the block, every mail slot is just a hole in the garage door. Yeah, that's garbage. <clears throat> so I bolted a cardboard box onto the inside of the garage door underneath the mail slot. But it, every day when you open the, the yeah. thing to get in, it's just going to rain. Yeah, it mail just down. falls out onto the car. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you could. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what you're supposed to do. I, run Not, over your mail, I guess. Well, I mean, I guess what you're supposed to do is get the mail, but like maybe people don't go in and out via the garage door, right? Oh, like, but everybody does that. Everybody like drives their cars. I really right? don't understand. You could it. just like put an incinerator where the cardboard box <laughs> is right now. <laughs> a shredder. Yeah, it would save everybody a lot of time. Do you yeah. do you not open your mail, Jim? I've got like probably a four inch stack of mail waiting for me right now. It's it's almost entirely like bank statements and things like that. Yeah, you can, the mail is you can basically tell just what, garbage. You can easily yeah. see what mail is worth opening and what isn't. Right, ninety nine percent of the time magazines, which d- we don't need to get, we don't want to throw away, and then also, fake Amelia gets a bunch of. <laughs> Yeah. garbage yeah amelia's business gets a lot of junk mail from i as it turns out i think i might have unfairly maligned <gasps> oh, squarespace no. because i think it might be godaddy that is, uh. i am much more see i'm much more likely to believe that godaddy sells addresses oh, to yeah. postal mail spammers than i am squarespace but it's only because other people have told me that that guy is an asshole sure and i don't even actually have ethical complaints about hunting which is seems to be the main thing with that guy, the main thing that upsets people with that guy, and I guess the fact that his ads Wait, go, are really sexist. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Go Daddy, people don't like Go Daddy because someone there is a hunter. Yeah, because he posted some pictures to social media of him like killing an elephant. Oh, I must this have missed was, that. This was like yeah, I thought this was about their ago. business practices or something. I don't think anybody cares about that. Yeah, I mean their business practices are here's a cheap domain registry, whatever. Yeah, like. It, uh, our interface is really cluttered. I guess I deserve to be pilloried. Right. We'll throw elephant tusks at him. We'll put him in the stocks and we'll throw elephant tusks. And I don't know. What's an ironic punishment for having uh, sexy lady NASCAR drivers in all your ads? Having to parade around in a bathing suit. Okay. A, I bet he would like that. Uh, so... I was all excited this week to buy a bunch of .game domains, and then I went and realized that they were all twelve thousand dollars. Whoa! Every single ga- .game domain is currently twelve thousand dollars. Fuck those guys! Is that like early adopter cost? Yes. Or is- yeah. Okay. It straight up says on there next week they'll be three thousand dollars. The week after that they'll be three hundred dollars. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, okay. 
So if you if you so want to lock real, yours in, yeah. okay, that makes sense. They will they I, will sell a couple. So here's what here's here's the thing that actually makes me happy about that. Maybe next week, if nobody listens to this podcast, <laughs> we will be able to get like a three letter oh, dot game domain. Dot game. Which if they were ten dollars each, oh well, I would have bought all a bunch. Be, they would all be gone. Oh, right. You're, they would so you're all, thinking that you're willing to spend like 300 bucks on like already a, be gone. I, I might. I mean, it depends. I, I don't know that I would spend 300 bucks a year, but if it was oh, right, if it was Do you think it renews at 12,000. Oh, man. Uh, auto renews at 12,000. That's how they get you. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Wow. It's just a promotional. It's a promotional rate for $300. It auto renews $12,000. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I don't know. But I mean, that's like, I'm glad that there wasn't just an immediate absurd gold rush. I wish there wasn't this. Why did it take so long for this to happen? There were a ton of people that all filed uh, competing for competing it. claims for it. It took do like you, do six you think, years. For I mean, I do know that if, I, that if I'm looking for a camera company right now, I just assume that their domain is something their company camera. named dot camera. Yeah. So I type that like, that's just the way the internet works now, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, do we think that's going to happen with dot game? I have no idea. This this is the one URL that seems to actually make some sense. Oh, the one TLD, dot, sorry. Dot .xxx didn't even... T- like... Yeah. I mean, nobody's going to start going to, you know, whatever. XXX.XXX. Oh, man. <laughs> S-E-X-X-X.XXX. There are so many... .XXX. <laughs> there are so many properties that are just... Properties the names of other things that if it was just that thing dot game it would make a lot of sense because there's already like you know bearhuggame.com right like yeah. there's like just like there's yeah, a, so you'd, you'd get bearhuggame.com yes right i feel like a dot movie would also be a thing that would be potentially very viable there's a bunch of like this you know this common phrase movie.com that you know, dot movie, movie. dot movie would be nice if there was if it wasn't just a free for all for registering it, right? If it was like this is like you have to have will, a movie. You have title. to be a movie studio, right? Right, like you have yeah. to have like you have to be in a film festival or have right. distribution for you to get the title dot movie. Jaws. You have to be greenlit at register dot game. <laughs> uh, yeah, no games aren't on Steam. Man, no, no two games are not on Steam. <laughs> West of Loathing is rocketing up the green light ranks. Yeah, that's yeah, exciting. We, kind of great. We announced we announced our uh, Asymmetrics new game, West of Loathing, today, and uh, released the teaser trailer made by cool dude Duncan Robson. Um, Music by cool dude, cool dude Ryan, Ryan Ike. Ike. Yeah. Um, Jim, you know all these guys. You yeah, can, you can yeah. vouch for us. Ryan Ike's music for this trailer sounds a lot like the music he did for uh, Kickstarter Simulator. This game is uh, all cool dudes. Yeah, it's only there are so no far. non-cool dudes. So far, you gotta watch the no oh, one sneaks true. in. At we the might end. contract some lameoids, <laughs> some waste wasteoids, some wasteoids, <laughs> some uh, douches, nards. No. Frog Fractions too just has a section in the credits called wasteoids. Yeah, it's. I. It would be cool for there to be a game where you chose a character class and it was just the list of things that that woman from Ferris Bueller's Day Off says. <laughs> or the, the list of uh, what Anthony Michael Hall refers to everybody as at the end of Breakfast Club. Mm. Oh, yeah. 
And Polly Shore. Polly Shore is always the best character class. <laughs> what what examples do you have to back that claim up? Well, that joke from a very early episode of Video Games Hot Dog, and then in that KOL thing where you'd summon those skeletons and you'd pick for each one of them whether right. they were a wizard, a warrior, a cleric, a rogue, or a Polly Shore. It was great. Skeleton buddies. He would talk about the weasel. He would he would wheeze the juice. <laughs> you don't remember any of this? I I remember that now, but I didn't. I still don't remember the early episode. Polly. I think somebody thing. just wrote in a listener's mail that was like, "What's your favorite character class?" And I said, "Polly Shore." I see. I think that was that was the the beginning and the end of it. That's that's amazing. It's an enduring legacy. Yeah, your memory is phenomenal. Mm. What I, did you just say? Yeah. Lol. I went to Disneyland this weekend. Was was there any gamified content? There was some gamified content. <laughs> I don't know if I want like you don't want to spoil anything. I don't, but only a thousand people could possibly experience this, and I know like ten of them, and like ten more were at the park doing it while I was there, which was weird. So that only leaves nine hundred and eighty. It's true. So if you're one of the 980 people who bought the ghost post thing, is planning on going to Disneyland and hasn't already read, like, spoiler wikis about how this thing works. Uh, well, also I mean, consider that, like, they were talking, or I don't think they ever talked about it, but the the clear implication is that they're going to be opening this up to more people. Oh, are they? It, is it clear? It seems like it. It was, this has to have been so expensive. Yeah, and, yeah. and th- that's, that's the main reason I, th- I have for thinking that, that, they spent all this money building this out. It's 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 a test, right? It must have been. It was kind of buggy. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and part of it involved a specialized Doom buggy. It reminded Whoa. me that the only thing that I don't like about the Haunted Mansion is that the cars that you ride around in are called Doom buggies. That's such a that's that's so good. It's really not. It's so <laughs> nothing like Dune buggies. It would be good if they were anything like Dune buggies, but they're are, not. Are they like buggies? They're buggy. They're definitely buggies. Oh, I guess like a horse. Yeah. buggy. Oh, eh. it's just it's a pun on Dune buggy, but they're just they're they're just bu- buggies of okay. Doom of Doom. Okay. It. So there's a couple of them that have little spider stickers on them, and those are the special ones that they can activate fucked up, mostly doesn't work mode if you're a person that has the ghost post. Um, it So you basically just get sent on a bunch of quests to go interact with different weird objects in out-of-the-way places in Disneyland, and it's great. That is so awesome. Yep, it was really fun. Did you, this is what I want the world to be like. You get some souvenirs, yeah. Did you go to the Hall of Presidents? I don't think that's a thing anymore, is it? I don't know either. I only remember that existing at Disney World, not Disneyland, and I also don't remember seeing it in the last 20 years. Man, you know what I did do, though? Uh, Space Mountain. After 30 years of refusing to ride Space Mountain because of the childhood trauma uh, that I associate with it, I rode Space Mountain because they rethemed it to be Hyperspace Mountain. They put put a Star Wars veneer on it. It's very temporary. Um, and you know what? It fucking sucked, and I regret oh, going no. on it, and I'm never doing it again. Just in what? the same way that every roller coaster sucks? No, because I like the rest of the roller coasters at Disneyland. Like, Disneyland roller coasters are like a level of sort of, like, just child roller coaster sure. that makes it so I can handle them. 
Space Mountain is the same, except you can't see what's coming. So it's just, well, this just going to hurt my neck, and there's nothing I can do about it. Wait, why, why does it hurt your neck? Because the car suddenly lurches in ways that you're not able to, like, brace yourself against. Because you can't see where the roller coaster's going. You can't okay. see the track ahead of you. You should have asked for the IR goggles. Ooh. Or the AR goggles. Or the AR goggles. Where it's like... Uh, you you sh- certainly would have qualified for those. As one of the only true. patrons uh, of their ghosts, <laughs> it's a spooky ghost. I mean, it really, it's just a pair of glasses with a with a ghost printed on them. So uh, yeah, you like look a ghost, like those X ray X ray specs you could order from the back of a comic book. Oh yeah, did they just have a woman's underwear on the? Basically, yeah. I never... oh, actually, I, what I think they, I never did this myself, but the story that I was told was that they had like uh, a, a, a skeleton hand. Okay. So it was like, oh, it's like you're looking at your hand through the glasses. And... That's funny, but that's that's not actually what it is. It's, okay. It, they're they're like, um, I don't know what they're called, like diffraction gratings. And oh, the ones that just cause little prisms to fly out from yeah, everything. And, and yeah. the way it, like, when you look at your hand, the way it makes it blur with like the the two side images. Like you know that trick where you hold two fingers in front of your face and it looks like there's a floating extra finger. Yeah, it, like it a bas- little hot dog, like a hot dog yeah, with your fingernails like on it. No, 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 like, like, like the look straight ahead and just do this, and you can make a little. You can make for for the benefit of the listeners. What I'm doing is pointing my fingers at each other while I'm looking I, at Kevin, and there's a hot dog with my fingernails on it. Yeah, well, that's a cool trick. And, and behind that, an optical illusion created by this thing that I'm doing with my hands. <laughs> but the the because it does that with your entire hand, it looks like you've got. Like a small that's way cooler beard. than I thought. Outline inside. Uh, then they're actually yeah. cool. They're yeah, like, yeah, I mean, they you are can, kind like, of cool. Go to a fish show and be like, "Whoa, man!" I think like my friend or whoever it was, because I have no idea where I heard this. Must have gotten like the cheap version. Yeah, that could be. The what super expensive version just gives you cancer, so right. it's fine. <laughs> well, everybody in front of you cancer. Well, but your hand is in front of oh, you. Oh, good point. Yeah, just you can never look in the mirror again. No oh, more high shit. fives. It's like that scene in, was it the Terminator where the, like the the whole like the flesh just melts away or whatever? But like you do it to yourself by looking in the mirror. <clears throat> Bad. Wait, the scene in the Terminator where the flesh melts away. Yeah, like, like in the, the, when the, the nuclear the explosion, explosion in the dream and the, like everything oh. like burn catches on fire and burns away. <clears throat> but with uh, X-ray specs. Right. <laughs> Did you guys read the thing that? Uh, our friend Chris Fisher linked to the other day in KOL chat that mother horse eyes thing. No, this is pretty cool. Actually, <coughs> there is a there is a uh, transcribe it onto this post. I note? did. It says nine horse, nine mother, nine oh, eyes, nine. Thing. Yeah, I haven't looked into that yet. So it somebody a month ago, like a little less than a month ago, created this Reddit account called Nine Mother, Nine Horse, Nine Eyes, Nine, and started just posting, like, basically this serialized science fiction story in Reddit comments, like, one or two posts a day, and it's real spooky. Hmm. Are those the four words that are the same word in Chinese, but different inflections? Oh, I don't know. There's only three words there. There's no, horse. there's oh, nine there's... mother horse and I. Oh. The, the poet eating ten lions in the stone den. What? <laughs> it's another one. It's another one of those uh, the poems in Chinese that is the only the same, the same word, word 50 times in a row. 
gonna search for that Chinese mother horse eyes. I I could be wrong. I know that horse is definitely one of the common ones that's the same as a bunch of other stuff. No, I don't know. Uh, it is about like this sort of extra dimensional threat that was released prior to world war two via LSD experimentation. Okay. And how if you get enough people in the same place on LSD in high enough concentrations or for long enough, it creates a, a sort vortex. of like a, I don't know, a like rave? a vagina, like a vagina that leads to another dimension. Like it's huh. described as <laughs> sort of just all. like a, like a, yeah. a, a flesh interface. It's like a, like a, throat that just opens in the world but it creates a kind of event horizon around it where things will get cut off into some other dimension but they're still functioning like if somebody gets cut in half like you can still they don't like bleed out the 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 front of them you can like see their heart beating and see their lungs working and see the blood flowing through them it's like the the other half of them is still there you just can't see it Um, okay but they but they die pretty soon after that anyway and every time they send somebody through one of the whole if they send something that's very recently dead through one of the <clears> holes it will come back back to life uh but then die pretty shortly after that uh children are more likely to survive trips through it and be coherent for a few minutes after they come back than it's like it's like real spooky yeah this huh. sounds very like creepy pasta style yeah it's like, super yeah, yeah. creepy pasta and it's and it's it's delivered in like there's 10 different narrators in mm. 10 different styles and the snippets are all out of order. Like it's, it's cool. And there's sort of like wikis being built up collecting awesome. it. Like it's even after just a month, there's already like a community built up. Like, yeah. It's, it's neat. Um, cool. I really, I really enjoyed reading it while I was at Disneyland. <laughs> um, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. It reminds me a little of uh, Zach Parsons' um, old uh, Instructions for a Fruit series on Something Awful. Did you ever read that? No, but I remember you talking about it. D- describe it for our listeners. It's super good. It's sort of uh, it sort of describes a kind of alien viral invasion of Earth from the point of view of the aliens, but it doesn't really become clear that that's what's going on for a while it's just it's just this really odd sort of instructions of what you should do with the fruit <laughs> and and then the <laughs> next one is instructions for a baby and and things like that of just these humans that have been taken over by this hive mind getting instructions for how to live within the hive mind and and it like ends with uh with with them sort of like instructions for a war and with them having to deal with the, the uninfected humans like invading to take the territory back. It's super weird. It's really good. That sounds really good. How long is it? Uh, I want to say like six front page, something awful.com articles. Okay. How many Photoshop Fridays? (laughs) Man, remember when you'd go to something awful and read stuff? Yeah, now it just comes to me direct in my RSS feeder. Well. Yeah. My uh, RSS reader subscription expired, and then I went and I looked at what the free version of it was like, and I was like, 
I was not using any of the features of the paid version. Uh, Sorry, that guy we met at that cafe at XOXO two years ago. Uh, so you stopped paying for your subscription? I just haven't re-upped it. You Have know? you continued to RSS? That was super weird. We just ran into that guy in line at the coffee shop and, you know, like, got to the, like, what do you do? Oh, I'm a software developer. What kind of software do you develop? I have this, like, web thing that I run. Really, what is it? And, like, every stage he's more and more reluctant to give details because he thinks that nobody cares. He's like, it's an RSS reader. Weird, which one? It's like, news blur. I'm like, I am a paying customer of your service. <laughs> like, what? Why was that so hard? <laughs> also, weird. How many, uh, like, he's like, you're one of, like, a thousand people. I'm like, okay. So they're all here. They're all at XOXO. Yeah. In this cafe. I mean, XOXO does demographically select for like internet people from 2002. Yep. So go to XOXO, all of you internet people from 2002. Some of our listeners weren't even born in 2002. Uh, that might be true. I, I'm just reminded possible. of, um, I was at a, I was at a Denny's with Andy McClure. This was at, a. um, it was at a GDC thing, so I think it was an art. Jam. I think it was Derek Yu's art jam at Denny's. Andy McClure is at MCC. Yep, uh, become a great artist. Yep. Okay. Um, uh, one of her projects, uh, from many years ago was um, Many World Mario, um, where she played Super Mario World, a very difficult Super Mario World level with save states, and um, created a video where all of her attempts were overlaid with each other oh, and that like, it collapsed uh, like a like super, super meat, meat boy. boy. Yeah. Right. And then when super meat boy came up in the conversation, she said, Oh yeah. One of my projects was inspired that feature of super meat boy. Oh, and then like everybody like like 10 people in the immediate vicinity was like, Oh wow, that was you. And this was what I was imagining would happen when this person finally said news blur. <laughs> That's the whole story. The idea of racing with ghosts is really compelling to me because it could be yourself, it could be other people. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. It is like it, it could be your dead dad. It could be your dead dad. Yeah, your dead dad. God, I was. That was a really good article. In yeah. looking through stuff, trying to figure out what I like, my Dropbox went over quota last week, and in looking through stuff, I was like, "Well, there's all my dad's Half Life saves." Like, just in some random directory. Yeah. Like, that was weird. Hmm. Like, he's been dead for 14 years. Maybe I'll load up his Half-Life saves. No, I'm not ever going to do that. There's yeah. also emails and stuff in there, which I probably also shouldn't read. It It is weird to, like, this, 100 years ago, it would have been, like, the chest of love letters between your dad and your mom. Or like, not your mom. Or not your mom. Right. Yeah, um, I had that too. <laughs> there was there was specifically like a box that my dad gave me, and he said, "Do not look at any of this until I am dead." And that was before he was even sick. Why did he give it to you? I don't know. I think he wanted to get rid of it. Like, because what do you do with like what do you do when you've been married for twenty five years with like your box of letters that's just like you talking to your buddies about all these other women that you fucked. Like, right. what do you do with that? I mean, you don't want to throw them away. You keep them in a storage I guess. unit yeah, in a different you, I mean, state. <laughs> yeah? Is that, is that what you do? Just, you know, just throwing that out there. I, it's, it's, 
Uh, yeah, but it, so yeah, that was. Yeah, you're right that that's what would have happened a hundred years ago, or it, also now. Yeah. Well, the weird thing is just that it's now happening digitally, and it's a uh, like I am of the era where almost all of my nostalgia is digital. Is like things like uh, NES games or base Q basic programs I wrote when I was fourteen, God, or still like gotta do that stream. Oh yeah, that that would be fun. Um, or like the IMs I exchanged with my first love. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, you know what I was reading yesterday, Kevin was a I was looking for something i was just like basically grepping my dropbox folder for something that i needed for a west of loathing promotion thing and i found a rtf file that was a 2005 aim transcript between the two of us where we were just talking about stuff and like it got real boring because we were just (laughs) like we were just like brainstorming kol system stuff right but it was like wow, this was 10 years ago, like 11 years ago. Jesus. This is a weird thing. That's cool. It's, I mean, I have always felt like I was particularly like pack ratty about this stuff. And I probably am. I mean, I feel like a lot of people don't probably have that. Like a lot of people don't bother to save up. Like when you're getting a new computer in... 2001 probably a lot of people didn't bother going through and pulling off all of their archived aim conversations and dropping it in a zip file yeah in a directory that i mean is called info that was originally created on a floppy disk in 1989 yeah what what i did was i've just been like i just copied the entire contents of the hard drive onto the new computer right and it's like a tenth of the drive space yeah uh, and then I delete the swap file, you know, delete the biggest stuff that I clearly don't need. And it's just a negligible amount of space and everything's there. I remember at one point, and this is why I have all of the games that I wrote when I was 10, is I just had a box of floppies that I got from my parents' house. And I was like, eh, these are probably not going to last that much longer. So at some point in like 2001, I just copied them all onto my hard drive and now they're just in Dropbox. Yep. So like... You know, a bunch of directories with whatever I wrote on the label of the disc. (laughs) So Jim and I were talking about doing a stream where we, ahead of time, got, I don't know, 20 games that we wrote when we were kids in basic running. I don't know. I I definitely don't have 20 that are worth looking at now, but... Well, they're worth making fun of. Oh, sure. Right? So that's the... I mean, it's (laughs) not like... I don't... Like, nothing... Nothing from my past is going to be of any actual interest. I feel like yours, if you have finished products from when you were a kid, they're probably going to be better. Not not finished. Like, I have I have maybe a half a dozen, like, things that you could describe as playable games yeah. with actual gameplay. But a lot, of, a lot of abortive experiments, a lot of, like, text adventures that the first three rooms are done. Yeah. <laughs> like, it'll be interesting, I think, to pour over the source code for some of those more so than, you know... No, we'll prep for it. We, I, I really want to do that stream though. I yeah, think that would be, actually, be a fun I think project. that would actually be fun yeah. to do. Have you guys played any video games? Not really. No, I played I, some Hearthstone. Yeah, played I played some... a tabletop thing. 
What's okay. that? So, um, a company. Let me. Let's see. Do I have the box in reach? How much stuff am I going to tip over? Oh, oh. <laughs> not very much. Okay. So, uh, I'm glad I'm, we got an answer to that question. Riff, I'm coming to Portland in a few weeks. Can I come look at your lair? Sure. Okay. Um, so, um, a company called ThinkFun put out a thing that is basically the escape the room equivalent of the, like, host a murder mystery dinner party. Um, they put it's called uh, Escape the Room Mystery at the Stargazer's Manor, and uh, it's I mean it's not so much an escape the lock room game because you're not going to actually lock your guests in. It's more like a short time limit uh, solve a solve a bunch of puzzles. Yeah, kind of solve thing. it's like a mystery hunt kind of thing, like a puzzle hunt kind of thing with a time limit. Um, That's kind of a cool thing. It's a cool idea, and the it's presented well. It, it's got like um, you get like five envelopes that show you like the five five first important looking things you see in the room that you're theoretically locked in, and you get like a book that describes the plot, uh, a booklet, and uh, each you're only allowed to open an envelope when you have solved that envelope's puzzle. And the the key the answer to each puzzle takes the form of uh, a, a red symbol, a green symbol, a blue symbol, and a yellow symbol, which you have to figure out what symbols for which color. And you input your solutions. It gives you like a big um, five disc code wheel, like the old uh, uh, software uh, uh, copy protection wheels. And so you you input. Which uh, which symbol on which colored ring, and depending on what icons appear in the middle of in the middle cutout windows of the disc, it tells you whether or not you got the solution to that puzzle right. And if you did, you open that envelope and dump it out, and it include and you get more more puzzles, more puzzle pieces, maybe some more smaller envelopes uh, with their own puzzles and so on. And it it's. Uh, the presentation of it is pretty cool. It, it's well, it's it's well thought out. Um, the problem, the the two main problems are, uh, firstly, it's it's way too easy. Uh, it's it's uh, for you. Well, it says on the box like three to eight players, and I saw a review of it somewhere before I picked it up. I th- I, I forget if it was Rock Paper Shotgun or what, and. And they said, yeah, this is really way too easy. It's like kid-level difficulty. Maybe, uh, like, two adults could could be entertained with it. And, I, and then I thought, well, okay, so if this is a two-adult thing, then maybe... maybe You're like a double adult. You well, can do it by yourself. I have a lot of experience with these sorts of puzzles, right? So, yeah, I, I figured probably uh, see how it goes solo. And... It gave me for like I think three to five people. It says two hour time limit, and I solved it in an hour. And then there's like a bonus round at the end where it resets your timer to half an hour and gives you one last sort of meta puzzle. And I solved that in six minutes. So it, it's it's if you have either like two adults that have not done puzzles except for like Sudoku and crossword puzzles, or like a team of 
four or five 12 year old infants yeah. or yeah. 19 seven year olds yeah, ni- 19 19 you know seven the, year olds or maybe you know what the like... best thing about 19 seven year olds is right? <laughs> it takes them two hours to solve your puzzles uh, <laughs> but um the other the other problem was that uh i got some incorrect pieces like one of the puzzles, oh, no. yeah. One of the puzzles. Um, I don't really want to spoil what the puzzle is, but if I say like an eight-piece jigsaw puzzle, that's pretty close to what it is. So imagine an eight-piece jigsaw puzzle where you really only get six pieces plus two duplicates. Repeats. Uh, yeah, and so it, it. And that's not part of the design. Yeah, it was not part of the design, and but it took me like. So like without that, forty-five I minutes. Yeah, to I would have beaten it a lot faster because it took me at least twenty minutes to figure out that this was not solvable, and then try and and then like figure out the puzzle based on incomplete information, which I eventually did. But uh, yeah, kind of a bummer. And that's not that sort of quality control is non-optional for this <laughs> sort of right. thing because it's not like a board game. Where if you discover that, you can just email the puzzle, the publisher and they'll send you the pieces and you wait to play it at your next uh, board game meetup. Yeah, this is a, by the time you figure out by the there's t- a problem, it's too late. It's yeah. it's too late and you can only play this thing once. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a little fucked up. But, uh, do you even do you want to do you want to say what it's called after this glowing ass review? Oh, I, I did. It's called Escape the Room Mystery oh. at the Stargazer's Map. Oh, yeah. No, you did. Yeah. Okay. And you know, Does it come I mean, with a manner? it's it, in a manner of speaking. Um, Stargazer's manner, yeah, of speaking. of speaking. It's it's conceptually, it's really neat. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't regret getting it because the idea of them having made a thing and nearly pulled it off off is kind of cool. Yeah, we should make one of these. Yeah, if we had like the board game connections and resources to actually make decent die cut puzzle pieces and things like that i and we're not already too busy with other stuff on 10 other things yeah yeah. then i would suggest maybe we should think about that but at at least i hope that this that some other people will see this and be inspired to do it better do you think that there will be a, a a period where just like with how to host a murderers there were like I don't know, five or ten years where that was kind of a a thing that seemed like it was kind of part of the zeitgeist and then kind of faded away. Yeah, probably. That there would be these, like, escape rooms in a box. Did it fade away, or are there still as many of those as there were? They're just... I don't know if there are any news new anymore. I haven't, I haven't heard I mean, about it in a I mean, there is a time. restaurant down the street from my old house in Arizona that does murder mystery nights once a week. Hmm. If they keep killing off their clientele, I never went. <laughs> I never went to it because I think it might have been they might have done it the same night that we recorded. Always, but like, if that's a thing that you can get away with, hmm. like once a week at a random restaurant in a neighborhood full of Mormons, you know, neighborhoods full of Mormons are like the perfect market for that kind of thing. You know what? It was like insanely popular in Mesa was like arcades, way longer than you would have thought, and pool halls like things w- that teens could do at night that didn't involve drinking or fucking like crazily popular in mormon communities oh yeah in san diego where i grew up 
that as soon as they invented fucking <laughs> ar- arcades just vanished. <laughs> How late are we talking in terms of like of there being a room full of arcade cabinets that that still existed? I I guess I more by the time I by the time I was there in the 2000s it was like it had four or five times the pool hall and weirdly hookah lounge which <laughs> That does that not seem seems... like a that does not seem like a thing that Mormon kids would be but like yeah. ice cream parlors open real late and stuff. It was like there was just any anything that could be open at eleven o'clock at night where teens could go that you wouldn't ever see anybody with a cigarette was how does the hookah lounge qualify? I do not know. Hmm. What what goes in that smoke? It's like to, it's tobacco. Is it tobacco? Yeah. Yeah, um, shisha is like tobacco and molasses and flavoring. Hmm. It's really bad for you. Yeah, apparently. I did. I mean, after I quit smoking cigarettes and uh, our buddy Josh came out to visit and was like, yeah, let's smoke this hookah. I'm like, okay. So I smoked a hookah like two nights in a row and was like, man, I am feeling rough. Like it is like I used to feel the day after I smoked too many cigarettes. Like... Because it feels pretty innocuous when you're doing it. Yep. But, yeah, man. It's not like vaping. It's not safe and harmless and sweet and <laughs> awesome for teens like vaping. For a while, I was uh, exposed to this PSA about teens who vape. and just said teens who vape on the screen of the bar television <laughs> over and over and over again. Teens who vape are... Okay. It sounds like some kind of necromancy thing, like teens who summon ghosts or <laughs> Teen... teens who vape, hear my words. Don't so did, kiss a banshee. You didn't say anything about the teens who vape? That they're three times more likely to start smoking cigarettes. Hmm. Which makes sense because I mean, from my point of view, like you'd vape and then like, man, fuck this. And then you would do something cool. Than people who don't vape, or yeah, I don't know. You know, for for an outfit called thetruth.org, their tactics not super honest yeah. about a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's like you know, you might think that it's okay for your fourteen year old to vape, which no, you don't. Who the fuck thinks that? Like, who are you targeting? Like parents who think it's okay for their fourteen year old kids to vape. There's no such parent. You you give them tea, and that has all that steam. Mm. I don't want them to learn about vaping on the street from the <laughs> vape shop on every corner. Vape. It's just a thing, and we're old. Vape culture. That's the problem. Yeah. It just, I prefer like, to call it e-smoking. Do you? I remember, yes. like the first time I encountered that, you know. <laughs> So the the person doing it referred to it as an electric cigarette. Yeah. I mean, I remember when it looked like a cigarette instead of like, oh, hold on, let me pause 30 times a minute to fellate this lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like like you wouldn't uh, jump at that opportunity. <laughs> well, <laughs> not that often. I have a refractory period. You know? <laughs> so does the lightsaber. Um any video games though, Riff? Uh, just the just the usual ones: uh, Dark Souls three, Pokemon, uh, Pocket ho- Card Jockeys. You uh, stuck with that's it? That's about it. Uh, I stuck with it until I picked up 
picked Pokemon back up. I'll probably go back to it when I'm done with this iteration of Pokemon. God, that sheet of fake Pokemon. This oh, that was so good! The funniest yeah. thing. It's like that perfect level of absurdity that is just like... Roadkill, Road King. Gold. Yeah, yeah. That one, I, I didn't think the Roadkill one was funny. Man, Woman, and Wo-Woman. <laughs> it's just <laughs> that, that great combination of pure absurdity plus totally understanding like the pokemon yeah, gr- names grounded yeah, yeah and and also just like doing pretty good drawings of yeah. what this thing would be oh man i'll put this thing in the show notes too you like, have to I'm, at this point i'm sure it's... you've seen it but it's just this like hey check it out i this is this leaked list of new pokemon for <laughs> pokemon sun and moon and man mm. somebody pointed out the one called traff is just fart backwards which that one didn't have a progression no it was i know by itself yeah, i didn't yeah, like not that. all pokemon uh, evolve I liked it. Ah. I liked it because uh, it made me think of your car. <laughs> oh right, because I have the, there's that traff button in my car, which Connor uh, pointed out is the button you push when somebody farts. Yeah, just it, has a, it just it has sucks a, all the air out. It of has the car. a fart annihilator button. I don't know what that button actually does. I think it's traffic. Yeah, but what does that mean? Just the, eliminate the traffic, traffic band. It's it's on the it's like attached to the radio. It's a, like the band traffic. With yes. their with their classic song, "The Low Spark of High Heeled Boys." Sure, it's a good song. It's one of those songs from the seventies. It's like twelve minutes long. Sort of blood, sweat, and tearsy. If okay. I if I had to compare Traffic to another band, I'd probably compare them to Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Have you played any video games, Jim? Uh, I played a Doomsday Clicker. Which, Zach, I saw you play for 10 seconds and then uninstall. Yeah. Is it like a clicker that counts down to, to Annihilation? Uh, the, uh, the idea is all, all these clickers now have reset buttons so you can get back to the fun part of the game where you're buying a bunch of shit at once. But is it like, are the reset buttons different than the, the, the uh, Prestige or Legacy? It's or a Prestige whatever? system, yeah. Uh, you it, it gives you some power up for your next run through the content okay um and it's funny that this is the case because they've like put a lot of work into theming it really strongly but it's really dry oh yeah like yeah mechanically like it it feels nice but there's nothing going on yeah like even like, like a single resource yeah yep and i i whoa i'm surrounded by <laughs> by beers joy beers and stereo can, can we just can we just pause for a minute and just admit as a culture that beer tastes awesome and is awesome uh no uh, i can't agree with you there yeah actually we're, we've got a pretty strong division in this podcast although we are drinking grapefruit flavored yeah beer. We're, we're drinking beer with some adjuncts <laughs> that, that might be good i don't know was okay. it is it a rattler it is no not. it's just grapefruit sculpin okay there's been a sort of uh surgence of Give me uh, a nice like, uh, fruit juice and tonic. Well, no, just things in beer. Like I've seen a bunch of different versions. I mean, I, maybe it all started with the Limerita or whatever this yeah, Bud Budweiser. Yeah, did. the Bud Light Limerita. Uh, Man, I keep. I, you know what seems like is probably actually really refreshing and good is those giant cans of Bud Light with clamato in them. Uh, no. Stop with your Clamato fascination. No, I bet that's pretty good. Uh, you're thinking of beer oysters, Zach. 
It uh, uh, Michelada is good. I don't like the tom- I don't like tomato anything. So oh boy, screw you're that. Oh, objectively wow. wrong. Yeah, I could just drink a bottle of Bloody Mary mix. What about you, Jim? How do you feel about where do you land on tomato? Tomato? I'll just eat a tomato like hand fruit. Sure. Like a, okay. Uh, like a, a, where do you land on whether or not hand fruit is a thing? <laughs> I use it. I use that word all the time. Okay. So, so like a you wouldn't eat it like a pineapple. No. God, you would not, no. You would not eat would it not like slice it. an not, entire like, watermelon. It I mean, at what? this point, I've heard Gary say that, too. So it's legit. Uh, <laughs> thanks gary all right we did not so, plan that people. yes or maybe hand it fruit. was cold the, but one of the them word was. that bearded podcasters pretend is a word <laughs> see riff believes it it's infectious That's like true. beards yeah tomatoes i'll eat them doomsday so, click but any tomato any tomato or I, only I like, mean, yeah. like like I have it, like, I have come to appreciate I mean, a heirloom good tomatoes. tomato is better, of course. Yeah, I would oh, I would way prefer eating an heirloom tomato like a hand fruit than like a but like a store a, tom- a store like a grocery store gross ass just red tomato is so <laughs> okay. So, so, since you put the word gross in there, I'll skip it. <laughs> no, but I mean, um, like, like what, it, how like, are you supposed to say grocery store without saying gross? <laughs> it is. It's like mealy and doesn't taste good. Oh, it's, it's mealy. This, like it this makes it sounds good like meal. a terrible tomato. Right, but that's just what most tomatoes are like until i had like some really good heirloom tomatoes i did not like tomatoes i also I, don't like bad tomatoes kevin i remember <laughs> most I remember tomatoes are bad talking to my mom about about how when i was a kid like she would just eat tomatoes like apples like pretty pretty like regularly and like, fruits yeah like like she would slice them up and put peanut butter on them and yeah oh my mom was never a peanut butter on apples person that was more her sister connie which is where i learned that but she would eat tomatoes and just like you know sprinkle some salt on them and just eat them and sure. and I oh, yeah. I remember like talking to her when I was in high school and like I can't believe like because I was just like eating a tomato from something from the grocery store and I was like I can't believe that you used to just eat these and she said oh not these like you wouldn't these were like tomatoes that we grew in the garden that you could eat like that you can't eat a grocery store tomato like that and that was like sort of my first introduction to the actual practical downside mm. of industrial agriculture mm. right did you ever salt any apples that you ever ate like my mom used to salt green apples it's pretty good no, but now i, I want to try that yeah I see that i could also see like putting like cinnamon or sugar on an apple and having oh, it sure. be pretty pretty freaking good yeah, cinnamon and sugar on apples that's like a classic oh is that yeah like i mean if you're gonna cook them especially like just mm. like apple brown betty or like just baked apples you'll 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 cinnamon and sugar them up okay Except yeah. to use peanut butter. You know what was, what really surprised me by being genuinely really good was apple pie with just a big old block of cheddar cheese on it. Whoa! Apples would and not, cheese would not have expected that to work, but it really does. Do you melt? Does the cheese melted? No, not really. You don't. I well, when I had it, it wasn't hot, but it was just like that. I didn't. I expected that to be gross, and it was actually really good. If you want, like, to try that without having the investment of ruining your slice of apple pie, try just, like, taking a bite of an apple and then eating a slice of cheese. But does it need to be cheddar, though? I I would I would recommend cheddar, yeah. Those tastes are not so far apart. Like, just, just trying to, like, ratatouille them in my head. Mm-hmm. You get the blue fireworks. You get the red spirals. Yeah. You get some sort of, like, purple explosions or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Yep, I I may have. <laughs> have been... you not seen Ratatouille? Uh, I I guess I don't remember that part. 
It's, it's the, the, the his I analogy remember. about foods and how they're not just additive, how like flavors can combine into novel experiences uh, okay. that aren't just the combination. It, it's of like the, the heart of the movie. Like, it is. It, it's, it's what makes it well, so good. I, I don't remember no, that part either. I remember the part where the rat is cooking things. It's yeah, just a momentary. It's just a momentary. It's like well, so it's like the intellectual center of the thing. Like like. That's the thing that spoke to me, and I was like, "Oh, it's man, very this, memorable." This the movie thing, is really the, interesting. Now, the thing that spoke to me was like the the sort of message to the critic at the end. Like to mm. me, Ratatouille was the story of the critic, not the story of either the rat or the guy. Who was it that was? I think it was Jake. Like when we were at Disneyland, we were talking about. He was like, "Yeah, but it's got a little bit of that bullshit Brad Bird objectivism." Like. That Brad Bird's movies are sort of all about how, like, well, some people can do a thing and some people can't, and that's just the way the world works. Like, oh, okay, that is kind of Anne Randy, I guess. Anne Randy. Is it, though? <laughs> to get out of the way of the great man, like, okay. is sort of the central message of Ratatouille. Is like, eh, <sighs> what? like, this rat has talent and you don't, so get the fuck out of the rat's way. Let him run the world because he's a white dude. Wait, sorry, <laughs> what? <laughs> The, I it, it always bothered me that like her main characters always just knew exactly what to do all the time. And I was like, I don't think that's how people work in the world. Well, that's not how you work in the world. No, Maybe you're not a not great man. Anybody works in the great world. Great like, men. I've never read any Anne Rand. It's yeah, it's not worth it. My honestly. grandma owned multiple Anne Rand books. Hmm. I think that my grandma in the 60s sort of had the equivalent of the like I'll just buy whatever is on Oprah's book club thing right like books that were in the zeitgeist in the 60s okay. she would buy and read because she was a sort of a like, woman, of, the woman 60s. of a woman of leisure and I mean she was in her 40s in the 60s and so like you know that's prime like book club period of time so there was, you know, there was like a copy of like Bonfire of the Vanities, like a bunch of bunch of stuff that, I mean, probably The Great Gatsby. I don't know when that was written. So when when was The Great Gatsby written? I don't remember. It took place in the twenties, right? So it had to have been before that, right? Yeah, it had to have been written by <laughs> time traveling Lord Gatsby from the eighteen seventies. So Doomsday Clicker. It's not that's, very good. Yeah. I was you know, it's it's, a, it's always bothered me that it's <laughs> it's just a stay. <laughs> like, why do they have to append doom to it? <laughs> okay, that was a terrible call. No, it was pretty good. It was a pretty good callback. It. I don't know. It would have worked better in writing, <laughs> but. Uh, hmm. it's, it's, <laughs> I was going to say even Adventure Capitalist is like, does it, well, but, but then I realized actually Adventure Capitalist does an incredibly good job at pacing, um, the pacing your, is, your that's, it is the best, it is the best paced clicker that I have encountered. Yeah. Or, and or whatever. Game. Like if you're just going to, if you're, your hook, your new thing about your clicker is going to be your theming, just rip off, just do exactly what Adventure Capitalist does. The, ma- the, the yeah, like there's a bunch of different people with a bunch of different like math styles. Just pick the one that's like the most interesting. Yeah, and just do that. 
I uh, actually, I'm going to go out of turn here because speaking of which, I discovered every six months or so, I will go to the Reddit incremental games subreddit and just see what's new there. And I found a game called Crank, which actually has the candy box slash a dark room thing going for it and is awesome. Like, it starts out, there's just a, like, a circle with a smaller circle and a line on it that is a crank. And when you click on it and hold it down, it turns the crank and a little meter fills up and it spirals out into, like, a real-ass game just through incremental game mechanics. And it is really, really good. What's it called? Crank. I will I will put it in the show notes because it's just like it's one of those things where it's just like it's some random dude's domain that was obviously for something else uh, and this was just a side project and I don't know that it like ends up anywhere but it very much gets what was good about candy box and a dark room mm, nice. more it's more like a dark room than it is like candy box like it's very it's not silly. It's it's you know, little. I don't, I don't know that it's earnest exactly, but it's like kind of serious at least. Well, is this a, is a web page? Yeah, just a web page. It's really good though. It's cool. it's right like it it requires a little more babysitting and a little less inattention than I would like. What are you? <laughs> I don't. <clears throat> Sorry, I, I a tweet popped up at me, and it was something about I didn't understand the tweet. I had to go back through the history, and there was just I think riff riff quoting something that was just revolver also. Oh, <laughs> yes, my <laughs> and, poster. And then you changed the, your name to Revolver Ocelot. Well, yeah, because I had to keep uh, I had to get the chain going properly because uh, the joke was that not so only good. was the joke being. <laughs> reposted over and over in on different sites but also that the person posting it was named revolver ocelot and every comment on the post consisted entirely of revolver ocelot so i then yeah i uh took a screenshot of that and then took a screenshot of my screenshot on the desktop and posted that to twitter under the name revolver ocelot hashtag revolver ocelot and then got a printout of that and autographed it, Revolver Ocelot, and framed it and hung it on the wall and put a post-it note on the frame that said Revolver Ocelot. So you you remember enough cursive to be able to write Revolver <laughs> Ocelot. I had to practice. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, I don't think I even could write my own name anymore. My signature is just a scribble. Yeah, I just draw it. I just do some lines. Yeah. You just do some lines and then... <laughs> Whatever the pen does, that's what it is. <laughs> Anytime I need to pay for something, I have to, to do some cocaine, which just makes everything so much more expensive. Oh, gosh. What else you play, Jim? Oh, well, I, I, uh, I finished Dark Souls in my second playthrough, but I feel like we've talked about that enough. So you beat... Uh... Soul Lord Z four twenty. Who's the <laughs> boss of his name? His name is Lord Gwyn. Okay, Lord of Cinder. Sorry, Gwyn, Lord of Cinder. Mm-hmm. 
Is is that the dragon that has no skin? No, he's no, a dude. That's a different guy. Okay. So are you are you gonna go to Dark Souls three now or Dark Souls two or? I I'm probably gonna go to Bloodborne. Okay, Bloodborne I think is probably my favorite of the four so far. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I tweeted about. I guess I will talk about this. Fine. I, I tweeted about this earlier today that I think that the the difficulty of Dark Souls is like one of the least interesting things about about it. You were talking to all sorts of game industry luminaries about this today. <laughs> yeah, you go to my Twitter, you can find some of them yeah, engaged the, in, in erudite conversation. The the um, marketing push of the focus of the marketing being on the difficulty is really kind of misplaced. Yeah, and well and also that's that's also the word of mouth because it's right up front and center and it is yeah, a hard it's game. The, it's the easiest thing to latch on to, right? Yeah. Like it's the first thing it's the first thing you notice about those games whether you're a person who knows how to be critical about games or not. So yeah. are you trying to come up with the dark souls of game criticism? <laughs> what is the dark souls of aspects of dark souls that should be paid attention to? <laughs> You mean the the hardest one to notice? <laughs> well, so what is the most interesting thing about Dark Souls in your opinion? So I, I really like um, the way it handles world building. I really like the, the way it does the, the, the interconnected worlds and the level design. Um, I really like the care paid to um, the combat system. Although I wouldn't have noticed if it wasn't so hard. Mm. So there's that. Um, so I, huh? What's up? Well, I'm just trying to imagine. Like the the difficulty forces you to fight things a bunch of times in it, order it to forces you to, to engage very like very oh, awarely. If that's not a word. What's the word? Consciously. Con- yeah, mm-hmm. with the uh, with 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 the mechanics. And is that a question of? balancing such that it is like at the threshold of what people are capable of or is it a question of yeah designing it, the system it such being that they're tricky so that you have to do it over and over again like yeah, that's, I, it, 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 are they puzzles are they like th- there's definitely like it it's always throwing new things at you so like when you're learning a new genre of like if you start if you start a first person shooter and you've never played a first person shooter before you will probably spend a few hours learning how to play a first person shooter and then just breeze through the rest of the game because that's how those games are constructed. Um, here's, here's a, uh, a but, quick question about dark souls. Sorry, yeah. just to, just for some framing here. It, it is possible. Is it not to start a dark souls character and then beat the game without ever leveling up? Oh yeah. Anything? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So like it is a game where you level up your hit points and shit, but it is, entirely it is still entirely it, it remains entirely about player skill it yeah even like even once even when you've leveled up significantly it, it's more it's more important to be skilled at the game as the player than so what benefit does being leveled up provide it, it gives you a cushion yeah i mean it's possible to beat the game at level one but it's very hard and i you'd feel have like to play, most you'd players... have to play perfectly to, right to do right. it right like I imagine that there are dudes later in the game that can just one hit you if you haven't leveled up. 
So you could just yep. dodge all of their attacks, right. but you probably won't. Not even right. in the so late leveling. game. I mean, there's dudes in the early game that can one-shot you if you if you haven't been statting up. So, yeah, you'd have to you have to play pretty much the entire game without ever getting hit if you're going to play yeah. in soul level one. Uh, the the point I was making was that um, uh, that Dark Souls is constructed to keep you at the edge of your ability for the entire um, <laughs> difficulty curve of the game. Like, all the way through the game, you're always learning new things. So it sounds that... So when you say that it being hard isn't the most interesting thing, it seems like that is integral to yeah, its I, presentation. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's possible to take that away and have it be the same game. I mean, not to, to like because it was mentioned as the Dark Souls a puzzle game or whatever, but like Steven Sausage Roll, I think does the same kind of thing. It's yeah. like it is yeah. constantly presenting with you with new things and it's always at the edge of your yeah. ability. Yeah. I yeah. think, I think that's, that's an apt comparison for Steven Sausage Roll and the way that it isn't in a lot of the cases where people use that phrase jokingly, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it was more what I was saying was more a reaction to like Dark Souls is um, clearly the inspiration for many games that are currently in development, mostly indie games. And and they they choose the like, let's make this brutally hard. Yeah. As their and, and that's focus. not that's not the most interesting thing about it to me. Yeah, I think like I am way less interested in Hyperlight Drifter than I was in Dark Souls Maybe because Hyperlight Drifter took not the wrong lessons, but lessons that are less lined up with what I want yeah. out of a game. Yep. Like it just immediately requiring a lot of twitch to be Yeah. Well and, and to Dark have Souls, even a baseline competence. Dark Souls surprisingly doesn't actually require twitch so much as being very careful and planning ahead yeah and just understanding what's gonna yeah. happen like yeah. learning what's gonna happen and, and understanding like being paid like dark souls feels like net hack in that regard yeah. where yeah. it's like yeah. if i if i get killed it's because i fucked up and got in a hurry mm-hmm. yeah. and stopped like paying attention to what i was doing um and it doesn't feel like it requires the kind of reactiveness and just it hyperlight drifter felt more like risk of rain huh. to me where it's like well there's a million bullets flying at me and i just need to be really adept at dodging out of the way of them if i'm going to survive this as opposed to there's this one skeleton and if I happen to not be blocking at the time when he swings an axe at me, my head is going to come off. <laughs> like, what, what would you say about like super hexagon? Have you played much of that? Yeah. I, um, I've, I've, I've beaten the first, the five, the everything, but the last level. Okay. In super, super hexagon. hexagon is difficult. And that word means the same thing as the word difficult when applied to Dark Souls, but that's about it, I would say. Super Hexagon is a lot more about... um, I guess they're they're both about learning patterns and reacting to them. Yeah, I guess that's kind of what I was getting at. Like, I feel like, like Super Hexagon is like... I have not played Dark Souls, but it seems like 
Super Hexagon presents you with a bunch of maneuvers. Like Super a, Hexagon a boss. isn't the same every time, though, right? It isn't, but there are discrete chunks that are. Yeah. Right? Like, there'll be, like, here's a sequence of, like, six seconds that's the same, and that's going to be the same six seconds anytime it's presented to you. Oh, and you start, and you begin to recognize those? Yeah. What What is the game that Terry Cavanaugh made that was, uh, uh, was on the phone? It was basically... Uh, was it the Flappy Bird? No, thing? not Maverick Bird. Uh, Maverick Bird was his like Flappy yeah. Bird homage. This was it used the same sprites as V V V V V V, right? Mm. But it was just this crazy. Oh, it was just the the one room where you were bouncing up and down. Yeah, and 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 there was like pers- a Megatron or something. Yeah, fuck. What was it called? It was it was a lot like Super Hexagon in that there were there were patterns of things. Well, it was a lot like it turns out Super Hexagon is. I didn't know this. Where there's patterns of things like just obstacles that fly in from the left and right sides of the room, and what you're doing, it's a one button game. Actually, no, it's a two button game. I guess where you're moving back and forth while your guy just wildly oscillates in a sine wave, like gravity changes up and down. Man, okay, I'm just gonna find this on my phone because it's still there. The yeah, there's a room like that in V V V V V V, and this game is, as far as I know, is just take that room and make it into a game by itself. So, uh, but, but Super Hexagon yeah, is a lot more Gravitron. Gravitron, the, the Gravitron, yeah. yeah. Super Hexagon is a lot more just is is a lot more reflex oriented. So, but isn't Dark Souls also a reflex? It's an game? it's an action game, but. So the there's a video of a guy uh, beating the hardest boss in Dark Souls using voice controls. Okay. And he's saying things like strafe left, heavy attack, heal, strafe right, back. And you can tell there's like a second and a half of lag oh, wow. between when he says something and when the character starts doing it. Um. And it took him a bunch of tries, but he did it. And like this, this video is like pretty clear evidence that you don't, strictly speaking, need good reflexes to be able to I play see. this game. Okay. Hmm. All right. You should just play Dark Souls. Uh, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I I would <laughs> recommend actually Dark Souls two for a new player. Yeah, but everybody disagrees I... with you about that. Uh. I mean, not for, not because of, not for the same reasons that, like, I suggest, I recommend Dark Souls 2 for a new player because the combat is, uh, because the combat is smoother and the systems are less confusing, not because of the reasons that I prefer Dark Souls 2 to Dark Souls 1. Which is aesthetics and stuff. Which is, yeah, which is all aesthetics and design Uh, stuff. I would definitely say if you're going to play, this goes for anybody. If you're going to play Dark Souls, you should have a friend who likes Dark Souls sitting next to you for your first, like, five hours. Wow. Uh, yeah, which I definitely does nobody, did. Does nobody ever go back to Demon's Souls? I, uh, I mean... Maybe. It, I mean, it's it, actually, it's half off Demon's Souls this week, but I, or maybe till the end of the month, so I went ahead and picked I, it up. I but. think Dark Souls is, is just considered to be so much better that it's just not the... It's not where you start. Right. 
um, Demon Souls is the game that you go back to after you've right if you when you want to see nostalgia the, yeah when you want to see what the influences were and things like yeah that. or or if you've run out although that doesn't happen so much anymore now that there are like eight Dark Souls games now <laughs> yeah I um the the early game experience is really rough okay and you need to be willing to put the time in and like I I. We've talked about doing this as an assignment, and I... Like, we need to do it as an assignment when there's going to be like a month where we're not doing episodes, but it's not because we're busy. It's because <laughs> we're like on Dark Souls vacation. Yeah, that's really the only way it can work. Maybe we maybe we start to do like... Regular streams. No. What I was going to say is, in addition to our assignments, we do like month or two month long side assignments that we then talk about. Mm. either as we're going or at the end of the process i see like research projects yeah okay i would be more inclined to do that well no the yeah that that's the only way we could i was going to say i'd be more inclined to do that uh instead of the regular assignments but it doesn't i don't think that would work either the assignment is nice because it gives us a thing to talk about yeah on every episode (sighs) yeah often it is 10 minutes of a two-hour episode right and that's fine what uh, what have you been playing, Zach? I um, I randomly saw a friend of the show David Bass, uh, who I've been talking to a lot because he's also one of the Ghost Post uh, mm. recipients. So I've been texting him about stuff. But he, I saw him pop up on Steam playing a game called The Black Watchman, and I was like, "Huh, I've never heard of that. What is this?" And I looked at the Steam description, and it's a game that's fifteen bucks, and it's like. You become a member of this like weird conspiracy organization, and it's like kind of argy. It looked a lot like an app that was just the puzzly quests from the secret world. Okay. So I bought it and I downloaded it, and what it is is a thing that I don't think that there is a name for this genre of thing, and I can never remember the names of any of the individual instances of it. But, like, do you know the thing that I'm talking about when I say that, like, you go to a web page and you have to solve a puzzle to figure out the URL of the next web page oh, yeah. in sequence? And then you go into the, like, Planetarium. Not Prawn, Not Prawn was one, yeah. Planetarium was one. It's, it's like that, except it is in an incredibly polished app where you're you've like been recruited into this organization that's like like there was that audio puzzle series that was like that oh uh shit yeah we i remember being told about that at some conference that we went to it was really good too but it was really hard it was like it was like a thing that was made that the guy didn't anticipate anybody other than like audio engineers being interested in because it was really that was i remember that so i remember this was made by kevin regami and it was uh audio finalist i think two years ago at gdc i don't remember the name of it but I remember he made it as a uh, as as part of applying to work at Valve. Oh, he wow. sent them this thing. Perfect. Yeah. Um, Did he get the job? Did he get the job, buddy? I, Is he a banana applying for a job as a telephone repairman? Did he get the job? You got the job, buddy. You got the job. I don't remember. I don't think he's working at Valve now. He's not working at Valve now. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember if he got the job. Thanks, Riff. <laughs> I mean, we have a special channel on on our work Slack just for that. Yes. 
<laughs> oh man <clears throat> we do uh in in the asymmetric slack have a channel that is just for us to post youtube clips of scenes from freddie got fingered is it it's the two of you and uh chris yeah it's me me and riff and chris meyer yeah i'm glad i'm happy for you guys (laughs) well i I mean you're you're the you're the president of slack you can (laughs) uh, uh, and me Stuart butterfield uh you can come in there if you want have you ever noticed how Stuart Butterfield, uh, the president of Slack, and Gary Butterfield, the president of Duckfeed, have the same last name? And you've never seen them in the same place at the same time? That's true. I have not. Mm-hmm. I've seen them both in the same city, but not at the same time. That's not suspicious. I've eaten burgers with both of them, but not the same burger. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, this the, this the Black Watchman thing. Yes. it It is a bunch of those, and they are cool. <laughs> Um, okay there's some code stuff like there's like you basically are given like a video or some photos or or sometimes just like a question and you just have to sort of google for it the ones that i've gotten Uh hung up on so far are the ones that you have to google because my instinct is not to ever want to google any of the things that they're talking about right because you end up with just results from the game rather than results from the real world that the game is trying to reference which was a real problem with the secret world yep that's too bad um and that is a problem that kind of makes me believe that those sorts of things are fundamentally untenable like what if they what, what if they built in their own like search engine which was just primarily a, just a subset of the world well, yeah, all well, they need a, to do is like wrap yeah. google and add minus the secret world to yeah. every search yeah exactly i bet that wouldn't work yeah in the think? face of time but but you could tweak it, it would, over time it as it got most of it i feel like yeah. yeah there's i guess there's some arg elements to it um where they do a thing in the real world did you see that uh the article point was clickbait thing yeah it was the oh, yeah yeah publisher arg points to you know meaninglessness of universe and it was just a misunderstanding about a broken website but people <laughs> assumed it was an arg and just kept looking for people clues assumed it was frog fractions too which is yeah. so good yeah. that's like yeah done man <laughs> you're you, done like as 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 fucked up as it is you have like this sort of enduring cultural legacy now that makes me extremely envious <laughs> i mean so there's that but it's balanced out by like for the rest of my life people are going to be asking me if things are frog fractions too sure that's true oh poor baby everybody's yeah. paying attention to you wanting to know if a thing is a thing that you did uh it's the worst it's the, hold on it, i have this tiny tiny violin it says frog fractions two on the side is this tiny violin frog fractions two this is playing for it, it says so so I, I can't deny it um another thing that i played was the new doom game because people were talking about it like it was the new wolfenstein game which was awesome um the new doom is definitely not as good as the new wolfenstein new it's like two years old at this point did you play the dude version or the moom version (laughs) i played the moom version (laughs) it um it's just like it's pretty doom like in a good way like it's doom in a way that aesthetically it is doom in a way that like doom 3 was not 
really, but it has all of the like scope of Doom 3 in that like we're on an amazing moon base where the environments are nuts. Um, it has a lot of secrets to find that are enumerated and like you can get a suit upgrade that makes your compass like HUD thing throb when you're near a secret. Oh, nice. Uh, there's a ton of upgrades. It's It reminds me of Deus Ex or... Oh. Uh, Tron 2.0 in the way that your capabilities get upgraded by you comprehensively exploring the levels and there's just like a mission select so you can Mm. just like replay the level if you didn't find all the secrets like it's it is definitely like a shooter for the sort of RPG enthusiast (laughs) were there any buggies or sedays (laughs) no there were not do, do enemies respawn, or is an area clear once you've cleared it? They're clear, but it's it's really... It's it's Bioshock Infinity in the sense of like, well, I've just come into this big area, so there's obviously going to be a protracted just arena fight where it spawns in a million imps or whatever. Um, but, you know, but then you get the codex unlocked for imp, and you get some details about the imp. It's right... People have dis- people have compared it to Metroid Prime, huh? Hmm. In a way that, like, I my couple of hours with Metroid Prime make me really understand. Like, there's like a lot of things for you to learn about, and then you get like a checklist. Like, I've learned about this thing, but it's still just every once in a while you'll think this cutscene is going on a little bit too long, and then your dude will just punch whatever is producing the audio and make the cutscene end. <laughs> so it's it's like. And it's just really like metal, you know. It I would it, want I would genuinely want to be able to understand trigger the punch. Like <laughs> I want to be able to like no, I want this to end right now. That's you're kind of selling this to it, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, it was really everything, sold to me on Twitter. Like everything it, I've heard about this game sounds amazing. Yeah, it like I don't. I actually have no idea who made this game. It's it was id. It was id after all the principles left. <laughs> it was id. <laughs> so like uh, so like john romero did not work on this game john carmack did not work on this game right and adrian carmack i i well adrian carmack was fired after doom 3 okay um you say that like that prevents somebody from working on a game (laughs) i don't think they rehired him i mean it's like you know none of the originals worked on the new wolfenstein game either i don't know but that wasn't id that was sure yeah but i don't know who this is like id software like after id uh, staffed up to make a huge AAA game in the way that they make AAA games now, which is not with twelve people but with hundreds. Um, and then all the like all, the original twelve people were all left. Right. So there were all all the leads were people who were promoted from the staff up. So it's a as far as I can tell, it's a fully new. Uh, it, it's basically a, a company that got reincarnated. Well, it's pretty good. It, yeah. So, man, something that I, I'll bet that I would have enjoyed the assignment way, way more had I not played this game. Oh, yeah? <laughs> because one of the things that is absolutely true in this game is you move so fucking fast. It's like, <laughs> it's crazy. Like, the run speed is like 80s game level of like what okay this like makes no sense but it's awesome yeah that was something that i heard specifically about it early in early like a couple of years ago was that 
you run as fast as you did in Doom, Doom 1. Which is nuts, because the levels are these crazy... I mean, maybe they're not... It's impossible to compare the size of one of these levels to the size of an original Doom level, because you can see so far in every direction, and the environments are, like, crazy huge and crazy detailed, right? Yeah. You... In every level, there is, like, an Easter egg where you will find a door that is just the texture of a door from Doom, (laughs) and somewhere within sight of that door is a lever that you can pull to open that door, and then when you go through that door, you're just in a room from an original Doom level. Like, no... Like with the texture filtering turned off. Yeah, and... yeah. You're That's... still you are still holding your gun. Uh-huh. It's it's like That's... what they did in in. Uh, well, I think at least. So as I there's remember, your it's like uh, what they did in. There's your scale scale comparison. Is you just you run but, yeah, there. but those are just single rooms. But but like Doom levels felt like I think of Doom levels as really small. I think of the levels in this new game in, in Doom Four, I guess, or whatever. Like it's just called Doom, right? As really big. But I'll bet it takes about the same amount of time to run from the entrance to the exit. Oh, yeah. And everything that you're doing is kill this thing or get this colored key card. But the flavor of it is so, like, just comprehensive that it doesn't trigger the boring response. The the this is boring response that everything that happened in the original Doom triggers because it just feels so much more like thick with possibility. Hmm. Like the game the game that it reminds me the most of aesthetically and visually is uh fuck Soma. Hmm. It looks like Soma. Except there's fucking just monsters everywhere and you just blast their faces with a shotgun. Right. Like it's like it and it's so it is so unapologetically video game like when like shooting a demon will cause it to sort of stagger and when a demon is staggering it staggers for a really long time and glows it gets like a shader on it that means that if you walk up to it and do a melee attack you will always get a health power up from it <laughs> good anytime you kill um, a demon with a chainsaw it becomes an ammo fountain. So your chainsaw is like your, I'm out of ammo. I want to watch a two-second cutscene of this dude chainsawing a, a monster, and then it's going to just shit out 50 of whatever bullet I don't have. Like, it's just, like... It, it's like... What was that? Bullet Storm? It's like that level of, like... like oh, all right, ca- Like cartoony video Yeah, like, they're, yeah. They're just, this is just what this is, like... This is how you get ammo. We're not, like, hiding it in containers that you have to open. We're just like, well, this will come out of dudes if you chainsaw them. Right. Which is what you do when you don't have a gun. Or you don't have any ammo left. Yeah, except the chainsaw uses really scarce ammo. What? Yeah, which is, I mean... Do you get the chainsaw ammo by shooting people with a gun? I don't think that you do. I think you have to find the chainsaw ammo in the level. And there are also, like... I started seeing these things that were glowing, and they have the the sort of, like, highlight shader that Bioshock Infinite had. Like, this game learned a lot from Bioshock Infinite, weirdly. Um, But if it's ammo for a gun that you don't have yet, just nothing happens when you go to pick it up. Like, it's just not a thing that triggers. And, like, some of the guns you'll get a couple levels early if you find the, like, little secret cubby where they are. The first level had three question marks for secrets. 
and two of them were like there were like icons on the map and they're like dudes dead guys that you find wearing similar suits of armor to yours that you just pull out an upgrade chip and then you get to select from like a skill tree for like jump higher like i maybe not jump higher but like you know just like visibility or ammo upgrades or whatever and then and then every, one of the secrets in every level is the like original doom level that you can find so the first one was like all right there's these three question marks that are like a weapon upgrade an armor upgrade and this fake doom room and i'm like all right well so that's the thing each level has three secrets and then the second level has like 12 <laughs> so it's like okay like this is a thing that they really are pushing like they tell you what you're looking for but not where it is except in kind of vague hints and the levels are just infinitely replayable and they're pretty fast and like you keep all of your power-ups if you go back to replay them again so it's like well i know where all the dudes are now so i'll just shoot them how important do you think it is you play this with a mouse and keyboard to me like absolutely critical yeah. because i would... uh, i mean like to the average gamer i think if somebody is capable with a controller you, there's no reason you couldn't play this with a controller maybe i don't know enough about i'm it. just wondering like it seems so fast paced that you would want better twitch aim than a thumbstick could give you something that i have been noticing about every shooter that i try to play like literally every shooter that i try to play i cannot do anything unless i turn the mouse acceleration up to like four or five times the default and I wonder if that belies some fundamental misunderstanding that I have of the way that people play. <laughs> like, in order to turn around, should you have to move the mouse all the way across your mouse pad, pick it up, move it back to the other side, move it again, pick it up, move it <laughs> to the other side again? Because I don't think so, because that seems like bullshit to me, but I also can't fucking hit a thing mm. in the head to save my life. I wonder if it so, just has to do with how your mouse is set up because I often have the opposite problem where I'll play a shooter game and have to turn my mouse settings way down or just nudging it will send me spinning. It, you also like to play as a sniper riff. So, so you're like well, this is zoom, zoomed way in and it also might <laughs> just be your respective away. hardware. Like, Zach's mouse just likes to be very precise, mm. and so it sends smaller numbers. Also, I use a postage stamp as a mouse pad. <laughs> well, okay. But it's one of those commemorative uh, invention of the mouse pad <laughs> postage stamps. And you have to put the mouse on the picture of <laughs> yeah. the mouse pad within yeah. the postage stamp. <laughs> yep. Or the laser doesn't work. Right. Oh, man. That was a interesting era of optical mice where they had to be on a oh yeah on a pattern. Grid, those oh, ones yeah. that came with the sun things yeah my uh, one of my the uh, woman that uh, you, you've met her actually Kevin she was a she came to our Halloween party uh, one of uh, my girlfriend Amelia's friends her dad invented the optical mouse whoa it's like like a just huh. crazy like retired Google engineer who like. His name is Dick Lyon. Okay. Dick Lyon. <laughs> Inventor of the optical mouse, which is awesome. I Do you remember when you have to use, when you used to have to like pull the mouse ball out and scrape the crud off of the rollers yeah. to get your fucking mouse to work? I, I enjoyed doing man. that, man. That was satisfying. Uh, I still end up 
like flipping my optical mouse over and being like, oh, God damn, there's a single strand of hair, which is causing everything to go yeah, fucking haywire. Yeah. Or digging tweezers crust out. out of from like the button creases and stuff. Yep. Mice. I want to talk about this assignment, but I also want to pee and get another beer. So. Uh, okay. You should we're, do that. We're then. at a real impasse here. So this assignment. Everybody's gone to the rapture. Everybody's gone yeah. to the bathroom. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a video game. Everybody's gone to the crapture. Am I right? Oh. It's a it's a video. Actually, I'm just peeing. Oh, <laughs> it's it's a video game where you go around a like a park. So I had to and, and like talk to little pieces of light. And they talk back to you. Yeah, except okay. you're not even really talking to them. You're yeah, just you're not really saying anything. You're just past. watching a little. Yeah, I keep I keep waiting plays. for the the reveal that I'm one of these pieces of light or something. But yeah, I so I didn't finish it, Me so either. I don't, and I don't really know what happens in the world. There's a bunch of intriguing stuff, and I don't know what it all adds up to. Yeah, there's, I I didn't. I didn't play it expressly for this assignment. I played it all the way through when it came out. Um, you finished it. Yeah. And so, it's, so do you know what happened? Not clearly. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I, was, I, I feel like there should be like a lore wiki for this. Yeah, there probably is. I, I feel like I might have I might have missed a couple of important conversations or or else it just doesn't really explain what happened which is also perfectly possible that they just left it a mystery i mainly remember being disappointed because it wasn't really what i was expecting and hoping it to be because i was coming off having played gone home and so i was expecting something more like that where you're you i don't know where you discover this town where everyone's mysteriously vanished and you can go inside their houses and pick up and look at their stuff and go through their desks and read their letters and, and look at their photo albums and stuff and learn about their lives and very gradually through reading all this information and poking around in their cupboards, you'd both learn about these people, but also here and there, there'd be the clues that would allow you to piece together what happened to this town and that would be awesome, but that's not at all what this is because almost nothing in the game that you find is interactable. And well, but everything is just these cutscenes. Yeah, I was gonna say they're all the audio logs or the cutscenes yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it's which... just it's not as fun. I want to snoop in a game like this. Hmm. And you don't feel like you are in when you're being given these like historical recreations it's not the same what do you call snooping when you're like overhearing some a conversation eavesdropping yes i what this game taught me was why audio logs were invented which is so you can fucking go do something while you're waiting for the audio drama to play out yeah if you leave they just stop yeah Yeah, they're well they're they're, it's positional audio so you it's but it's a little weird because it, it, it'll fade away but then it will just abruptly cut when you get far enough away yeah there's like a there's like a threshold yeah which I, is it, i don't that's a weird choice like why not just let it play out and if you walk away from it and can't hear it that's a fine thing 
I mean, they don't want you to start more than one of them at a time, I guess. I would really like to talk to the people who made this game and figure out what went what they wrong. were thinking. I, I, I wasn't here for the first part of this conversation, but my like, I just couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. I got like an hour in and was just like, it felt like, it like it felt like just doing arithmetic homework. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> it was so boring. Yeah, I did not find it boring. I it was. I was intrigued, but the further I got, the more dissatisfied I got because nothing, n- nothing that I wanted was playing out. Like I just kept repeatedly, like I would spend for fucking ever walking towards something, and then there would be nothing there to do. Like I went to the church, and I was like, "Okay, there's a lot of like particle effects going on in this church. I bet if I go in there, something will happen." And then that's like nope. the one place where they don't have something specific going on, but it has a bunch of particle effects. It has it has a bunch of like visual decoration that no that has not i've not seen anywhere else i went into this house where there was a story to play out but i went the wrong way when i walked into the house the first time so instead of the story starting and leading me through the house i just very very slowly looked through all of the rooms to figure out which fucking doors would open and which ones were painted on and then went to the room where the little cutscene thing starts out and then goes through the entire house and I just left in the middle of it because I'm like, fuck you. Hmm. Like, d- ugh. It, it did not feel... I, I don't know why I couldn't allow this to just be like a kind of a contemplative experience the way that I could Dear Esther. Because I like this way more than Dear Esther already. Yeah, uh, wow. I, I do like it better than Dear Esther. I'll Dear Esther felt disconnected and, and like it didn't feel like I was actually uncovering any kind of narrative. It was just these weird vignettes that didn't necessarily make any sense together. This game makes me worried that I'm going to hate Tacoma because that's also probably a bunch of audio logs because it's because it's a bunch of those weird holograms moving around, having conversations that I just don't want to watch. Like Mm. it's, if it was an audio log, like gone home was great because you were looking at stuff and there were audio logs. What? So is do this is sort of a weird question, but coming at it from the point of view of somebody who's like making a game, do they do this because it's easier than actually making characters move around in a world? Like, well, certainly. I mean, the the reason that there are no other characters in Firewatch is because they didn't because have animating the, animating they didn't have the money is to a make pain another in the character ass, for you to and they don't look with. right yeah. and like characters are way harder than environments. In general, that's that is yeah, the case. So that's like more expensive. More expensive, okay? Because like Uncharted Four has a bajillion characters in it, and right, and cost two hundred million dollars. Sure, to make. like I, 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 I'm just like trying to like suss out super naively, like why you make decisions to make games like this. If there are other alternatives, like what what is driving? Because they clearly have a bunch of talented artists. Because the world is really super detailed and and realized i started getting motion sick from playing this which i never ever happens to me and i just went in and turned off motion blur turned uh, off motion sickness yeah i turned (laughs) off motion sickness in the options menu ah man that's the thing we should put in west of loathing i had i had to keep turning settings down to the point where i was 
playing the game at like 800 <clears throat> by 600 because I could not get it to run at anything other than a stuttering frame rate on my computer. It looked it looked nice. Yes, if you if like for me it looked nice as long as I didn't move and then it was like a frame every couple of seconds yeah. as I turned around. It, this game looked nice in a way that people said The Vanishing of Ethan Carter looked nice. So this game is actually very similar to The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Huh. Except that for whatever reason I like tolerated The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Well, the Vanishing of Ethan Carter had puzzles. I mean, this has puzzles, too, if you consider, like, moving a mouse left and right until a thing explodes in the right way to play another yeah, cutscene. that, I did not like that interaction at all. <laughs> also, I'm Vanishing pretty sure... Vanishing puzzles were not that much different than... Ah, well, okay, they were. There, I, there were. I, I'm, there, there were a couple of memorable ones. I remember there was one where you had to put a house together... Oh yeah, like you like, like I remember this being described and... where it's like yeah, there's a house and there's a second house and you have to like remember where things are or something. Oh right, you have to look through the doorways and only go through the doorway that leads to the right place. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, if it, if it look look for the doorway that makes the most physical sense. And I actually didn't know about the other house. I was like looking at the angle of the oh, light wow. and the way the beams were running. Yeah, oh, I also huh. solved I solved that one through trial and error. Okay. I actually liked that puzzle a lot. And also, if I remember right in the Vanishing of Ethan Carter, you could walk around while the guy talked to you. Yes. <laughs> this Also in Dear Esther. Yeah, like, that's also right. true. Well, <clears throat> because the guy in Dear Esther was just telling one of a series of randomly generated stories that had nothing to do with anything. Right. Right? Like, And this one's it, actually tied to the the space and, the, and the, what happened in the space. And you're theoretically unraveling. Yeah the story there but it's not just the story of what happened like the sort of like event or yeah, whatever it is it's, it's also the it's way way more about the the, the people. people that live there yeah. and are connected to the town because there's dozens of different it seems like there are dozens of different relationships and connections there that you are trying to suss out without Without having any kind of visual reference for who the characters are, yeah. which is really hard. Like this yeah. becomes like war and peace levels of like trying to keep track of who people are. I gave up on that pretty quick. And yeah. like the fact that one of them is a priest and people refer to him as father. Like if you if you for a second blank out that he's a priest, you're like, oh, so this is his son, and you're yeah. like, oh, goddamn, no, 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 it's not. Yeah, like, that was the that was the one character that I got any kind of coherent like Jeremy, sense, of. which is like the first chapter or something because like his name appears on the screen. Hmm. Oh, was it Jeremy? I didn't know. Yeah, like I, so like, I never knew like, what that the meant main when a name appeared the on the screen, like it, or whatever. Right, like, and almost every interaction involves him in that first ten, Naughton or Yachten or whatever that that first like section of town is. <sighs> The, the movement hmm. speed. Why is there a run button? What? I don't understand. So if you hold it down, yeah. you will gradually accelerate. Oh, unless you like stop and stop turn. or yeah. Wow. It's okay. garbage. It, so <laughs> and they, they like acknowledge there's a blog post where they acknowledge the like, eh, we probably should have explained this on PC because the way that it works on a console is the longer you hold or the further you hold the button the more you accelerate as oh, you move. Oh, wow. So, like, 
if all you're doing is using WASD, you are moving at the slowest possible rate, which is why everybody complains that this game has such a slow walk speed. What? Why did they not fix this? Just why did they not just make it so it's fucking pressed down by default? Yeah. And then double the fucking walking speed anyway. Like, I mean, they don't they don't want you to run into stuff like while other stuff is already going on. Solve that some other playing when you get five feet away anyway. Solve some yes. Solve that some other way. (laughs) Like that's they solved it twice. We 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 really want people to experience the glacial pacing that we've decided this (laughs) thing is going to have. You know what? I am okay with like finding an audio log and then staying in that space and like looking at these beautiful environments. Usually, right? Like that has been fine, but like the I agree that the pace of action. Like I will hear. A radio going off. All of the radio stuff that's coming through is just fucking letters, isn't it? It's like, it's just like there was one person, z- one radio that was saying things like, "I'm going to keep broadcasting in case someone hears me." Well, that's the ver- that's the first one. That's that's Kate on the radio, and then every other radio you come to, like when, when until you click on it, it's like zero one one four one seven, which is I think just a bunch of like letters, right? It's just like alphabetic. Like numbered alphabet things. Did you decode any of them? It's it's just it like they're not making words, but I'm wondering is this some sort of like is it a cipher? Is it a password that you enter somewhere later, <clears throat> or is it a like you know who, like who, I I never found who made this. It. it was Chinese room, but but it was I I feel like for some reason I think that somebody on some podcast that I listened to worked on this game. Hmm. I don't know why I think that. Well, gonna, look it up. Let us know. I'm going to look it up while you guys talk to cover I am, my Googling. I am very curious what happened. And it sounds... It, it, I'm getting the sense from Riff that you don't necessarily find out. Right. Did you see credits roll? Yeah. What triggered that? <laughs> I I don't remember specifically, but there is a very a There's very a... definite end. You, you end up making your way into the astronomical observatory or so whatever it's, so it it's a place you go yeah, probably yeah. okay like oh do we remember what triggered like the the quote-unquote ending in her story was it just seeing a percentage of the videos you got to opt in like yeah i think you i think at a, per, at a right. percentage at a percentage he says when you think you're done let me know right yeah. and then you okay. opt out of back. that kind of stuff yeah. yeah which is kind of a clever yeah, way of doing it cool yeah. No, there's nobody that I recognize here. I was looking forward to this. This was a game that I found out about, and I was sad that I would have had to buy a PS4 to play it when it came out because it was like, well, this is a game that everybody's talking about how it's going to be garbage because it's just a walking simulator, which typically means it's a game that I'm going to be really interested in, like Firewatch or Gone Home. But, man. Oh, is that? Did it just come out on PC? Is that why we're, why we did it this week? We well, did it, as it a, came out later. As a, we did it as a, as a, Patreon oh. backer suggestion. Um, well, sorry, whoever that was. <laughs> well, so far, we've hated every one of the backers, the Patreon backer suggestions. I don't hate it. I, I. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I hated it either, but I, I want was to definitely go back and, disappointed with 
spend yeah. more time with yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I, I also would not say that I hate it. I just think it was really boring. I mean, I, like, I wouldn't say that I hate The Great Gatsby, but I thought it was... <laughs> I didn't, like... I was worried... It just felt like homework. ...that there was not going to be a high density of, like, interactions. I think I vaguely have a memory of Riff saying that, like, you could wander off to a location and, like, there would just be nothing there. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. And so far, I have not found that to be the case. There's either like a radio to click on to get just a plain old audio log or you find that that may be because I didn't realize until later in the game that a lot of the radios were clickable. Ah, I think, I think I missed a lot of that. Yeah. It not throwing up any kind of thing. Something the new doom does is there's a lot of things in the environment. It's very detailed, very like flashy, greebly environment. But when you can interact with something, when you get up close to it, it gives you like a press E to interact with this right. prompt on the screen. And Firewatch does that too. You know, like it makes it clear which things you can actually mess with in the environment. And the fact that this doesn't do that kind of puts it into that like my dad playing Might and Magic 2, where it's like, well, I'm going <laughs> to run beat, up against I'm going to try to walk through every wall in the level. And the fact that they don't differentiate between doors or gates that you can or can't open is frustrating. Like, yeah. I would replace frustrating with unforgivable Were they, in that sentence. My, my memory of that is that the gates that are openable are already slightly ajar. Is that not the case? There, there are some doors that are definitely <clears throat> closed. Yeah, there are definitely doors that are closed that you can click on and huh. open. Okay. Uh, there, I thought that. A lot a of gates are ajar. I willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. A lot of gates are ajar, but I would not necessarily want to stake... Like I wouldn't want to like there there might have been one or two gates that were closed when I got to them. There was a house that I went around to the backyard trying to find the door into the house. Apparently there just wasn't any door into the house. Apparently this house was just scenery. And after doing a three quarters of the way circuit around the house, I got to a gate in the backyard that you just couldn't open. Just a fucking non-interactive gate. And that was when I just alt F forward and. I thought that the like I thought that there was like a visual metaphor for gates that you could open with the like the hand like the sort of big metal handle thing that extruded off the top and I was like oh that's kind of clever that's a that's a thing that lets you know that this is something that you can pull on or whatever but then I found a couple of gates that had those that you couldn't open I was like I mean I think that don't don't teach me a trope and then but I think that indicates a level of quality that there is in a lot of the kind of trappings of this game that makes you expect that there was the same level of thoughtfulness put into the experience mm. of actually playing it, and then there just wasn't, which is really disappointing. I That's the thing. I would not say that I hate this game. I would say that I'm just very, very disappointed that this game turned out to be a thing that I don't care to keep playing. So before this, Chinese room made um, Dear Esther, Esther and, and a Machine for Pigs, right? Both of which I thought were kind of not that great as games, but had great writing. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, Machine for Pigs was super atmospheric. Yeah. But I, I actually really liked the first half hour or so of this game because the audio was really impressive. Mm-hmm. Like, I... I had I had zero preconceptions coming into it and like I saw these weird sort of atmospheric disturbances and I was like what the fuck is going on like and before you like start to see them everywhere and there's like the very obvious kind of strange shit going on like it was really trippy and weird and creepy and 
like i was like oh is this actually a horror game do i did i like did i right yeah it's very cool aesthetically yeah like all, and, the, all the acting is really good and and like sentence for sentence i think the writing in this game is good but i'm not convinced that the story adds up to anything and i'm the only reason i'm optimistic that it does is that i liked the writing in the previous two games mm. Mm. this definitely felt more grounded to me obviously more i felt more connected to the story than i did dear esther because it it felt like it was actual characters having interactions that you're sort of eavesdropping on ex post facto yeah um and i never played a mean machine for pig so i don't i can't compare it to that in any way the the fact that the characters were just these like weird ghosty yellow things just made it like eh. very hard to relate yeah i i definitely wanted something else to like ground me to who was who or what was yeah, what it's yeah the characters basically just all either all being audio logs or did, like even if did, the weird le- light outlines and bubbles were different different colors, colors. yeah yep. that would have helped a lot and did, i think that's the, i mean my impression of how tacoma is shaping up is that that's how that works right like each of them yeah they have different shapes like one of them is a fat woman and yeah. one of them is a blue dude like yeah. a, one of them is a tall indian guy and you can tell like from a distance that it's a tall indian guy right you know did the subtitles have uh attribution on them yes they did yeah so that would help i really should have turned subtitles on i always do just in case <laughs> and i'm i'm glad i did I, wow yeah wow i didn't even think about that the fact because they're off by default yeah yeah just, so you're you're seeing these non-distinct characters and just hearing voices yep. and you might not necessarily be able to differentiate yep. those yep. wow right. i didn't turn the subtitles on so it was all about wow. trying desperately to recognize that voice yeah and i mean we're not british so differentiating british voices is harder for us than i bet that this is a game that made a lot more sense before they added the 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 voiceover before they recorded any dialogue you think because that's all all there would have been before that was the was the subtitles with the attribution oh, just the subtitles i see yeah like i remember spoilers for uh vanishing of ethan carter um the uh you the protagonist of that game is a character that a character in the game made up mm-hmm. yeah um, and one of the hints that this is the case is that his name is Paul Prospero, which sounds like a comic book character. And if you read like interviews with the writers, they're like, well, you, you know, one of the big hints is that the character's name is Paul Prospero. And I'm sure like if you're writing the script for that game and you're writing the words Paul Prospero every time he talks, then that's like it really hammers home that his name is Paul Prospero. But you hear it once in the intro to the game. Mm when you're actually playing it and never again. Yeah. I remember getting like, this was a thing where like when I didn't know the idle thumbs guys very well, I remember getting into an argument with them about the writing and the vanishing of Ethan Carter and me saying like that this is like noir written by a 12 year old, like in the fiction of the game. Yeah. All of the narration 
is supposed to have been written by a fucking 12 year old like criticizing it for technique is like full on like like just not okay <laughs> like and and like getting nowhere in that argument and it's like i mean like Sean Vanneman's point was okay but the writing that you put in front of the player is the game that you made. So you can't just like hide behind this is supposed to be bad to justify it being bad, which well, it I certainly doesn't make for a better player experience. Yeah. I mean, it, so I think if you justify the writing of that game being like video game hokey in the same way that every other video game is video game hokey, and they say, but wait, we've got a trick for why it's supposed to be video game hokey, then I can understand, like, being a dick about it. Yeah. But, like, I guess that's just a trick you can't do. <laughs> well, I mean, there's probably a trick that worked for a lot of people. You know, I think a lot of people played that game and liked it and didn't feel like, mm, this game is... This game is is not Thomas Pinchon enough for the likes of us. <laughs> you know, so. Not, not that that's the way that I would characterize those guys. But when I'm angry at them, it is. Yeah. You, you haven't listened to Idle Book Club recently. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, everybody's gone. Fuck. <laughs> Was there a rapture? Did everybody go to the rapture? Or is this just, just a town where there was a flu outbreak and the government... And, and they turned into little it. light beams that were flying around, yeah. yeah. No, the, is the just... twist is that everybody went to rapture from... Oh! oh. Okay. Suddenly, the reveal at the end is like, oh, there's water, there's a fish. <laughs> yeah. The fish there's just a swims by. Yeah. Oh, there's always a lighthouse, Riff. Was there a lighthouse in Yofton? Oh, <laughs> you know it does make me want to go to. England. There were there were uh, towers with like electrical wires on them. That's pretty. Close. I don't. That's pretty similar to a lighthouse. No, well, is it? I guess. Sure, <laughs> it's tall. I'll allow it. You'll allow it. It's tall, and there's electricity at the top of it. Yeah, yeah. like in a lighthouse. Yeah. There's a lot of lighthouses that you can go to, and they will explain how the lighthouse works, and it's the same a lot of the time. <laughs> That's a thing that I've learned. Huh. Oh, thanks. So, it it's used if, to be... It's as so if the principles of physics here's, maintain here's a, here's consistency from lighthouse to lighthouse. It used to be really expensive to make a Fresnel lens. <laughs> Not so much anymore, but this one, like a billion dollars. And they had to ship it from Calcutta. I know. <laughs> Suspended in mayonnaise in a crate. <laughs> I don't know. There's mayonnaise at the heart of every lighthouse story. Yep. No, there really was. The, the The last lighthouse that I went to, they talked about the Fresnel lens. Like, the invention of the Fresnel lens was a big deal for lighthouses. Like, it made it so lighthouses could be way smaller. Yep. And that made them way cheaper. And you could have fewer old weird bearded men at the top of them i guess <laughs> lighthouses were so big before the invention of the fresnel lens that it took like eight crazy bearded men to just be at the top of them and then once the fresnel lens was invented you were able to make it small enough that just one dude could be there um but 
they the Fresnel lenses were so expensive and so fragile and so brittle that they had to ship them in giant crates of mayonnaise from France. I've just been pronouncing it Fresnel my whole life. I think it's Fresnel, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it's Fresnel. Is it Fresnel, California? Yes, it is. Do you remember uh, the time that, uh, Kevin, that you and I are good enough buddies that I let you light my cigar with that Fresnel lens in the sun? <laughs> yes. It was pretty good. And everybody else was all freaked out because they thought you were going to burn my face off. But I was like, look, d- look, look at us. Is Kevin going to burn my face off after 12 years of being best friends? Do you think he's going to choose this moment to burn my face off just because he can? Well, not on purpose. Yeah, by, by accident is, is definitely the danger there. I mean, I've been asleep in the same room as you. If you wanted to burn my face off using a lens <laughs> at, at night. Plenty of opportunity. <laughs> in a dark room. In moonlight. That has to be a really good Fresnel lens. Do you think a Fresnel lens could... I mean, it could. Like, theoretically, it's physically possible that you could focus moonlight to the point where it would burn the thing, I think right? there, there was a... a there was a XKCD yeah. uh, story about a this. A what if. Yeah, a what if. Yeah. yeah. And it's basically not possible. Oh. Yeah. So. It's reflected sunlight, you know? So it's already it's already got Right. Some so like if it were issues. possible, the moon would already be on fire or something like that. <laughs> How do you know it's not? I guess I've never been there. What if the moon is in fact made of green fondue because of the heat of the sun? And just dip an asteroid in it. What's our next assignment, guys? I think it was called Inktomi. No, it's not Inktomi. Yeah. Pretty sure it's called Akamai. Uh, humu, humu, nuku, nuku, apua'a. Uh, we the, are... the state fish of Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. We are playing... A game. Mahalo. I think you're going to probably want to go to the forums to make sure that you don't download some something weird and wrong. Uh, but the game we're playing is uh, yet another... Something uh, weird and wrong, like whatever kind of porn you're into. Yet another Patreon backer yeah, suggestion. Yeah, we know about you, listener. Uh, it is a mobile game, a mobile Devin. puzzle game <laughs> called No Cory. like Corey. Deviant. Sorry, what was the name of it? No, no Cory. N-O-K-O-R-I. And this is uh, suggested by Shepard Schiff. You know what's cool is the names of our listeners, like Shepard Schiff. Shepard Schiff sounds like a guy who would be the captain of the football team. The guy who suggested everybody's gone to the rapture, Andre Boubel, sounds like a guy who maybe invented a thing that you're using. A barbell. It turns out it was in France. Did he you invent know. everybody's gone to the rapture? Uh, probably not. Okay. That seems like some British dudes. Yeah. Who's Dan Pinchbeck? I think he's a British dude. He wrote, he's the writer credited on Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Yeah. That's not somebody that we know or anything, right? It's it's no, nobody I be, know. It's not going to be like a guy who's mad at us because and, of this and podcast. Also, I complimented his writing on Dear Esther and uh, Machine for Pigs. I... I hope that people don't go back to the video game Hot Dog where we talked about Dear Esther and find that I didn't like it. I remember liking Dear Esther. I, I yeah, I remember. I, I seem to remember that you were more complimentary of it than I was. Yeah, I was not super psyched about it. I remember the very first thing I did was just drown. <laughs> I remember just like getting a weird non-linear narrative that was almost entirely about syphilis. 
Okay. And the rest of you were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Ours was not about syphilis at all. And I was like, well, maybe I'm hallucinating this entire thing because of my syphilis. You know, syphilis is really important in the history of psychology because uh, it was one of the first times that they were able to, like, make a connection between, like, well, this is a thing that we obviously know is a disease and we obviously know how you get it. And it creates symptoms that are real similar to what we've been attributing to demonic possession for the last 400 <laughs> years. But now we understand what we understand that these sores on your dick is maybe what's making you possessed by demons, which means that maybe your brain is also bound by the same physical. It's also possessed things. by demons. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe your brain has dick demons in it instead of <laughs> oh, brain God, demons. No. And it was really really That's important. Way worse. It could also just be that. Sores on your dick are also caused by being possessed by demons. Well, sure. Well, yeah, that's how they get in. Yeah. Mm. Say, so, let's see. So if demons are able to remove icks sounds from things, they can go, they can turn dick sores into doors <laughs> to get into your body. What else can they do? Uh. Quick. Well, they can they... turn quicksand into quand. <laughs> um, they, uh, <laughs> um, which allows them to can... uh, dinos dinosaurs into dinosaurs. <laughs> Dick dinosaurs, but yeah, <laughs> they can turn a brick house into a browse. Well, they can turn a brick's house into a so. What browse. can they, they? They can get rid of the icks. Icks, yeah, oh, icks. yeah. Oh, okay, it's not just um, an ick. Okay. They can turn a fixture into fur, which I guess makes your plumbing less effective. Which really syphilis does too. Uh, Vicksburg into Vberg. They, they can turn a brick shit house into a Brit house. Okay. All right, well, guys. British I think we, people, you know. I think we've solved it. I think we've solved syphilis. <laughs> Oh, well, we should report that immediately. Well, is it syphilis or is it syphilix? In which case, it's just syphil. <laughs> We've solved syph syphil. You yeah, know, syphil and Ollie. All of this garbage has been made possible by our Patreon backers. Thanks. I'm, sure so, they are. I'm so sorry I'm sure to that them they are. For, <laughs> for ruining what they thought was a good thing. It was Kevin's idea to buy all this beer. That's true. I was going to teetotal. Mm -hmm. I was only going to get as drunk as I was at the beginning of the show before we... <laughs> anyway, uh, this has been episode number 242 of uh, Video Games Hot Dog, which I've uh, had a, a tremendous time uh, recording with you guys. And Seriously, thank you so much to our Patreon backers for making it so this is a thing that we have to do now. And, like, have to take seriously. Like, I, it, this seems like I'm just being, like, a shitty smartass, but it really makes a difference. Like, I fucked up last week and just got busy with work and forgot to edit the podcasts. And instead of just saying whatever, I was, like, really freaked out and really felt, like, compelled How to... How did you edit the podcast at that point? Did you come into the office no, to get the... I, I came into the office to get the... So I, I came into the office to edit the podcasts and then realized there was no one else here. So I was like, well, fuck this. I'm just going to go home so I can do this naked. <laughs> took the... You could thumb drive. No one's here, you can do it naked in the office. Yeah, took the thumb drive with me, but then realized that I don't have the... 
A, I don't have the dynamic compression plug-in at home, and B, can't install it because the only copy that I have left of it is the copy that is in our Dropbox that's just corrupt and won't run on my computer. Mm-hmm. So sorry if last week's episode of the podcast was all fucked up. This week's is going to be two because I'm also not going to use it this week because I'm not coming into the office tomorrow. Eventually, <laughs> we're moving to a new office, which I will actually go to ever. Um, the Campo Santo office got weird after Firewatch shipped. It's <laughs> every once everywhere. Every once in a while, somebody is here. That's how I would describe this office at this point. Like, not to not to put anybody on blast. Everybody's on half vacation. Yeah, everybody's on like a weird half vacation where there's just like a lot of working from home and a lot like there's a lot of shit getting done. We're getting a lot of shit done. They're getting a lot of shit done, but it's just less like Focused. it's regimented. Like less everything like they're is like, shipping a And game also soon. like we're moving to a new office, they're moving to a new office and we're being allowed to tag along and it's just weird here. It's weird here. This is a weird time. <laughs> it's a weird time to be alive. It's a weird time to have done episode number 242 of Video Games Hot Dog with you fellas. And boy, it was great. Mm-hmm. Have a great week, everyone. Jim, if you had one message to give to our listeners, what would that message be? Uh, let me know when I should start going to the new office instead of this one. Jim, if you had uh, one message for our listeners. Oh, they, uh, the listeners could also let him know. Uh, you should go uh, upvote uh, West of Loathing on Greenlight. Oh, no, oh, we're fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, West Just of Loathing launched anyway. on Greenlight. Where, so, so apparently the way that it works when you have a game on Greenlight is your first metric is a number that goes from 1 to 100 as a percentage of how close you are to the top 100 games on Greenlight. And then once that number hits 100%, it becomes a hundred, not percent, and then goes down as you're huh. as you move up the ranks towards. Uh, I mean, toward, apparently towards number one. Sky's the limit, fellas. We went from not existing on green light to being. Let's see. To being ranked number eighty-five on green in like so, twelve hours. Yeah, twelve hours. So we're number 85 of 2,360 games on Greenlight. Please, Senpai, Gabe Newell, notice us. And let us sell our game on your platform where you get 30 fucking percent of the money, I guess. Hooray! We get to get 70 percent. We get to get 70 cents on the dollar for uh, every every uh, dollar that but I game Really, has. what you should be doing is staying on the green light top 100 for the rest of the game. Like, you don't want to actually sell it on Steam because you only get 30, 70 cents on the dollar. You want to just be have the glory of being in the top 100. I do, yeah. No, no, so far that's the most valuable thing that's happened to us. That's anyway, all we've got going for us now. Our video game seems like a real video game maybe that the world might care about. Mm, probably not. <laughs> probably not. The world might care about it to the extent that we get to keep making video games. Oh, that's true. That would be yeah. pretty nice. I guess yeah. care with a capital C versus care with a lowercase C. Well, sure. Yeah. Jim, if you had one message to give to our <laughs> listeners. I already gave you two messages. Jim, come on. If you had a five-word catchphrase <laughs> to give to our listeners that described our relationship to our listeners vis-a-vis what we owe them uh-huh what would that five word message be be excellent to each other <laughs> good night everyone good night.
it. Excellent. Excellent. This one's my angry eye. <laughs> <laughs>